James, listen. James Crochet, like you say, he wouldn't run the ball the way he he ran like tonight. Mm-hmm. Times, but he's the ball. That if we're drafting all these players in the first round, we're spending money on these players. That play. And there is not much that teams are going to do when you're winning. Even if you ain't feeling what I got to say, I can write and ball it up and sew it away. Congrats to Ferris for drafting. Once you get the playoffs, even if you ain't feeling what I got Say, I can write it, ball it up, and sew it away. They ain't here for court and let the beat play. I got 86 to join and drop a number today. I'm more lengths than them. I want to start going that. Look at what a sworn lord I got to end. Tell me why you want to look at him. That should be a big deal. Where do I sign? Living in the most of freedom. Morning signs like... Welcome back, welcome back. This is the Rogue Pod, and I'm your man, Hendo. I've been gone for a minute, but I'm back with the jump off. Seems like I haven't seen you all in forever, but I am glad to be here. I'm glad that you are here with me. Just a quick little stream to kind of get back into the mix of doing something on Sunday evenings. But today with me, I have a very special guest, someone new to the channel. So give him a warm welcome. My man, DJ, what's going on? What's up? Look, new to the channel, but not new to him, though. Just new to the channel, you know, just new to the channel. Thanks. How you doing today? Pretty good, man. You know, happy Sunday, getting ready for hopefully a big week. I want to see some notifications flying through this week, okay? And some good ones. Not some some blah, blah, blah been traded. What I mean by that is not some Lamar Jackson been traded. Maybe some Patrick Queen been traded, something like that. But, I I mean, I'm I'm telling you, I I want want some good notifications. We need some good vibes. Because after last Sunday when we got that notification we got, I was was feeling good. Today, it's been kind of slow, slow news day. You you were feeling good about it? Okay, we're going to talk about that. Because not everybody is actually feeling the signing. Now, listen. Love it, like it, list it, whatever you want. He's better than what we had. That's facts. That, um, that, that's that's facts. I mean, you, I mean, you got to respect him till you till you don't anymore. You know, that's the thing about especially a guy who has been in the league and kind of wreaks havoc over the league. You got to respect him until you until he proves to you that you don't have to respect him anymore. And I, and I think that's the biggest thing. And I know people are kind of. Uh, kind of weary about the money and all that, but I feel like the Ravens, they kind of in a deficit when it comes to spending money on offense. So if they spend a little extra here, here and there, I ain't going to be mad at them because it's, it's been, you know, they, they ain't spend money on offense in a minute. So this is true. This is true. This is true. But like I said, you are new to the channel, but you are not new to the community. You're not new to me. So tell the people how you got interested in the Ravens. How I got interested in the Ravens, man. This this is actually a, an interesting story. I I'm actually I'm from Virginia, so the closest teams I got to me is Washington and Carolina. And you know, uh, for me, you know, I, I I was like, I don't know what to do. You know, I I don't know I don't know what to do about this team. Actually, ironically enough, your your uh, your good friend Sugarton, as you call him, will actually laugh at this. When I was a real like wee wee Ravens fan, like not Ravens fan, but a real like small uh, football fan, mm-hmm. for me, I actually I liked the Steelers. I did. Now this was like before I understood what football was. Before I like I was like, oh, they got some cool colors or something. You know, they kind they they look kind of cool. I went with them. I started 
messing around with them and they was terrible. So back then I'm, you know, I'm a fair weather fan. I'm like, you know, I don't know nothing about football. I'm a fair weather fan. You know what? Whatever. You know, the Steelers at that time, they were not good. Uh, at, at the time when I liked them, it was like, I want to believe it was like 2003, something like that. It was way back when they were not, they were not like what, what they've been in the past couple, you know, the past, you know, decade or so. Hmm. Oh, wait, but, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said 2003. Was it 2000? It might not. I don't know the year exactly. All okay. I'm going to say is the Ravens became a franchise in 96. <laughs> See, all I, here's the thing. Look, I got, I got, there's a caveat. You got to remember, I'm not a true football fan at this point. I'm okay. just watching because my dad watched it, right? He a Dolphins fan, right? Oh. I'm just watching because my dad watched it. I'm, you know, it's sports. I'm kind of, I'm trying to get into it, but at this time, I don't understand the sport. Like, I don't get it. Like, like it's not – it wasn't something I was really following. It was something I would turn on. Like, oh, the Steelers, they look cool. And then at that time, the, the time that I was a Steelers fan, they was terrible. And I was like, I can't do this no more. And then I remember the Ravens popped up on my screen, and I said, you know what? Actually, nobody knows that story. But I was like, you know what? The Ravens popped up on my screen. I'm like, I like the kind of smash my style that they got. You know, I like this kind of edge they got. they kind of the underdog. I think when I truly started watching football was, was 2008, but I watched a little bit before that. It was just I wasn't watching consistently like I do now. In 2008, I really picked up, started watching, you know, football every single week. It was an every week thing. I understood the game a little more. I wanted to be a part of kind of some sort of a fan base. So I became a Ravens fan. I never looked back. And if I could go back, I'm going to be honest, you know, I, I live life no regrets. Okay. Right? I do. I really do. But if I go back, I would never, ever, 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 that's why I don't tell this story, be a Steelers fan in my life. Well, can I, can I tell you a secret? Let me tell you a little What's secret. secret. What's the secret? The secret is you are secretly a Steelers fan. Because Absolutely if, you, if you know you are, I Absolutely. mean, listen, I do surface level, surface level, you may not be a Steelers fan. But if you think about it, you adopted a team that became a franchise and took the Steelers identity. Same kind of play. We took the same kind of play. Run game defense. We looked at them in the AFC Central and said, this is the team that we want to be. And I'm a Ravens fan, and I can admit that. Like, okay. I, see, I mean, see, and that's why, see, that's that's why Hendo is my boy. Because Hendo, Hendo be throwing out stuff I don't even be thinking about. Hendo be throwing out stuff, and I be like, wait a minute, hold up. I got to think about it that way this time. Because Hendo, Hendo be throwing out some stuff. See, I, I mean, now, I will never actually adopt that because I, I can't I can't do it. I hated the Steelers for so, for so long to in, internally feel like, oh, man, I might be a little bit of a Steelers fan if they was under a different identity. I, I don't know if I could do it. Listen, I ain't going to hold you. When when Baltimore left, because I am old enough to, to remember watching the, the Mayflower trucks drive off, when they left and all we had here in Baltimore was either the, the Redskins games or the Steelers game, and I became a Steelers fan. Like, I know all the old Steelers. Like, I know them. So that's why when I talk to Sugar Baby, about the Steelers, I know what I'm talking about because I actually used to follow them. You know, I actually liked them, and I actually kind of rooted for them against the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. But you know, then we got a team. You know, we had to, we had to kind of finagle that back, and I've hated them for life ever since then. Facts, Facts. you got, you got to, and it, it, sometimes it ain't even necessarily the Steelers for me. It's the fan base. It's, it's they, they got some. between them and the Cowboys. I mean, if you want to have a toxic fan battle, oh my goodness, you have some fun on that. This is facts, but you know, it's, it's, it's a few of us that are starting mm. to hit that Steelers sector. Mm. We, we we talking about a Super Bowl eleven years ago. That's true. Look, look, I, I uh, it's it's funny because, uh, you know, and, and maybe it's social media, right? Like maybe it's like the way that social media just is. But but yeah, like 
I mean, I think we want to be better than we want to be even better than the team we were 11 years ago, you know, and, and I think I think we haven't reached that level because we haven't truly put the resources in where they need to be. Right. We put the resources in where they needed to be 11 years ago, but not in today's NFL. I mean, we've seen it over and over again. What what type of teams win Super Bowls? Except for the the one-off Nick Foles or something like that. We've seen what type of teams win Super Bowls. You got to have a franchise quarterback, a prolific offense. And the issue with the Ravens is the defense is good, right? The defense is good, and they're going to be good. That Like, no matter who they got, they're going to be good. But my issue with the Ravens is they still keep – Stacking up the defense. Let me stack it up. More and more. More money here. More money there. The defense is fine, right? They could be fine-tuned a little bit like every unit, but the defense is fine. Why don't you pour a little bit into this Lamar Jackson-led, which I hope for the future references too, Lamar Jackson-led offense. Okay. All right, before we jump into, before we jump into this discussion, because you, I know you love the Ravens. Ugh. Okay, I do, but I'm not – I'm not a Ravens apologist, though. You, I, oh, I, I wasn't alluding to that. But let's let's be real. When I first met you, when I first met you, you were kind of on that fine line of. I was leaning a little bit, had you, a little lean yeah. to it. You was on one foot. Uh, you know, you was going one way. But let's see who we got up in here. My man, Tink Rainey. He was in here super early. He must have been real bored. But I thank you for dropping by and leaving that like. My man, Brandon Bazell, you were not the first one in here. Not the first one. Shame, shame, shame. And oh yeah, Brandon's been in here for a minute. Also, we got my oldest, my baby girl, Jazzy. How you doing today? Thank you for supporting as usual. We got Z the Beast. What's going on? Listen, I can't hide my face can't hide it. Like, even if I'm lying, my face is gonna tell you the truth on how I really feel about some things. We got Jerry Green in the house, Daniel Franklin. What's going on? Defund the defense. That is the phrase that we use around here. Defund the defense. Because no matter how much money we pay, no matter how much we pour into it, we still don't go anywhere. But everybody tells me defense wins championships, right? Well, how come we haven't won a championship? Because we seem to always – the fan base always tells me that we have the best defense while we're not winning championships. You know, I, I, I feel like, too, on the kind of the defund the defense aspect of things, my issue with the defense is they can be good for three quarters. But then when that fourth quarter, when you need that stop, you need like like I'm I'm hoping on it. Come on, my playoffs is on the line, and that go Tyler Boyd running right. Pat, this has been happening for years. Okay, this, this like defund the defense probably should have been something way before it was something because they've been they've been doing this for a minute. They they just they frustrate me sometimes. The defense especially because they got all they got everything. They got everything you could ever want as a defensive unit, man. Yes, indeed they do. All right, we got a donation from Anonymous, $50. It says, greetings, everyone. Have a superlative show. Appreciate you, Anonymous, for the $50 donation. If you want to be awesome like Anonymous, there is a pinned link in the chat section. We don't do Super Chats over here because YouTube takes 30% of that money. And we are the ones that put together the shows. We are the ones that do all of the work, but yet and still. YouTube wants to take all that stuff. So if you want to help out the show, you know, donate. You know, we put it back into the show. We give giveaways. We do some other things. And all of you that don't know, throw it out here early. We are having a meet and greet. End of July, early August. So, you know, you donate to the channel. It helps and it all goes into 
that meet and greet and prizes and everything, free food. But we'll get into that later on. Let's jump into this. Oh, are we getting an on-location show, Hendo? Is, is that what happened? Are we getting an on-location show? I mean, well, you may get several on-location shows because I'm going to be there. LBHT is going to be there. OTL Mike's going to be there. Mr. Galloway is going to be there. Coach Evans is going to be there. Oh snap! And see, it may be, see, we it need may a roundup. Be. We need we need we need the uh, we need the on location roundup. It's gonna be the roundup, and maybe some more surprises. Like I don't want to put other people's names out there just yet, but we may have some more surprise YouTubers out there, Ravens YouTubers out there. So just keep your eyes open for that. You know, tickets are gonna go on sale pretty soon once we lock a couple things down. But yeah, let's jump into this Ravens content. So if you haven't, if you have not been aware or you've been doing some other things or you just got back in from out of country, Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Ravens. He signed a one-year, $15 million guaranteed, $18 million in total with incentives to be with the Ravens. They added on a bunch of void years. Um, if he does not re-sign within this offseason, what is it, $11 million dead money hit for next year? I think so. Yeah, you know, so... Uh, uh, that also means if he signs somewhere else, right? Like if somebody is just like they they just throw money at him, or do we have first dibs? I'm still learning all this contract stuff. Do we have first dibs when it comes down to that? Because he has void years on the back end. I believe he. I believe we get first crack. Okay. But being that he has tenure, it depends on how the contract is structured. But being that he has tenure, I think you know he can go where he want to go. So if another team swoops in and signs him, we still get that 11 million dollars dead money hit. You know, it was just it, it was just a tactic just to fit him under the salary cap for this year. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's 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 the age old question of why are the Ravens always up against the cap? But yet and still, we don't seem to have as much talent or, or star power, per se, as many other teams do. So this is one of the reasons why, like we oh we're going to oh, if not if it's going to happen. Oh, that was not resigning. Because if you don't get Lamar signed to a long-term deal, uh, you know, he may be out. This just might be his proven year, get that money deal. You also got to think, we owe uh, Boyle. He's on He's on for some dead money. Like, it's just always <laughs> players that we owe dead money to. So, you know, what do you what what are your thoughts on, on the OBJ sign? How do you feel about this? Are you happy about it? Do you feel like it was justified that we overpaid? Or what do you feel? Uh I'm going to start uh, backwards, I guess. So I think it's justified that we overpaid. Kind of like I said before, I think the Ravens are almost in an offensive deficit. If they go out here and they pay for some guys, I'm going to be happy about it because they've been overpaying for defensive players for years and years and years. So, I mean, just, you know, keep keep, keep it going. But I think the OBJ signing, I think, is huge. I, 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 I don't get a lot of news where I get up mm -hmm. – uh, off of my couch and I run around the house, but this was one of them because because I was just I was just happy about it. I was like, about time the Ravens decided to invest in the offense. I was a little surprised when it came down to it too. Like I was kind of surprised that they even pulled this deal off because we all know the the old adage about the Ravens. They almost get everybody. You know, they almost had Darius Slay, right? They almost had DeAndre Hopkins when the time came to trade for him a couple years back. They almost had Stephon Diggs. Well, almost don't do you no good when it comes to signing players. So, for me, I think, I, I think it's a good. I think it's a good signing because kind of like like I was saying before, I think Odell is dangerous until he's not, and he's proven even in the last time he's played, 
he's still a dangerous receiver. He's still a yak machine. He can be a mentor to a couple of these younger guys, a guy like Rashad Bateman, um, hopefully a rookie first round wide receiver that you grab. He could be a mentor to that person too, maybe a Devin Duvernay if they keep him. Um, you know, he could be a mentor to some of these other pass catchers that are that are younger guys. Because, um, I mean, I don't know how, how much longer Odell wants to do it, but hopefully he'll be closer to 100% too. So, I mean, I, I think it's a good sign. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. I think it – helps Lamar a little bit to be like, you know, look, we, we, we trying, you know, we trying, but I think that's the biggest thing though. Right. Cause if you don't sign Lamar to a long-term deal, right. number one, Odell ain't coming back. And then you're going to be in cat purgatory for uh, the next couple of years. Cause you don't have to pay those boy years and everything like that too. So it start, you know, take care of home first. Right. That's Lamar Jackson. Take care of home. Okay. And then after that, the riches will flow. I think. That's why that's how I feel about it. Okay, I just and I just want to say, you know, for all of those out here, you 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 kind of left a name out there. You 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 said he was going to mentor all these people. He's going to mentor James Prochet. I gave you my number, bro. You better mentor me. You better teach me a thing or two. Like, please listen. Coach Evans will tell you we do not accept James Prochet slander around these parts. But <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> but Daniel Franklin says, uh, "Can we sign Odell before other teams can talk to him?" <laughs> of course we can. We can offer we can offer Odell an extension right now, today. And I think all their I think what they're waiting for possibly is if they sign Lamar to a long term contract, that thirty two million dollar hit is lowered. So now they can actually extend Odell longer if that's something that they need be, or make some other moves that you know we're gonna talk about here. A little bit later, <laughs> you'll to be what's going on. She says, good evening, Rogue family. Hope everything is well. Yes, it is. Hope everything is well with you, except for this uh, Lamar situation. I know that there are a lot of people that, uh, you know, they're, they're feeling optimistic. You know, they, they're feeling good. They saw, the, they saw the press conference. You know, Odell came. He sat up there. They kept asking questions about, hey, can you give us any reassurances that Lamar is going to be back? Or he's gonna sign with the team, and Odell, you know, he 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 gave the cliched answer because I'm sure if even if we had this conversation behind closed doors, I'm gonna tell you, hey, don't spill the beans, like keep keep it under wraps. So I just, you know, you would think you would think that Odell wouldn't sign here if he didn't have that reassurance that Lamar or somebody of a certain quality of quarterback would actually be coming to the team unless because I, you know, at first I was, I was sitting here racking my brain and I was like, yeah, he had this deal to go to New York, but I read somewhere today, New York was the one that offered him $4 million. Oh, wow. You know, everybody thought it was the Ravens. Yep. Everybody thought it was us. I thought it was us, but it was New York. So his value around the league was, was approximated between five to $8 million. So, is he coming here because he knows Lamar's coming back? And or is he coming here because they offered this man $18 million? And I know Coach Evans just did a video today um, talking about how easy or how hard it would be for Odell to reach his incentives for that $3 million. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just a question of uh, did he sign for the money or did, does he know something that we all wish to know right now? So my question to you is, what does this sign mean of Odell Beckham for Lamar Jackson? What does this sign mean to you? I I think the the optimist in me, uh, you know, because I, I try to be a real realistic optimist, 
And that version to me says, kind of like you said before, Odell would not sign without a stamp of approval from Lamar Jackson because, number one, who wouldn't want to play with Lamar Jackson? And he knows he's going to get the targets. If if he wants this to be a prove-it year, it can be a prove-it year because it's not going to really be a prove-it year if Tyler Huntley is throwing you the ball. So I think that's the biggest thing. I, I, I think it gets us closer to a deal. But at the end of the day, the Ravens are going to have to extend a quarterback. And the Ravens, for whatever reason, whatever crazy reason, struggle with that. Mm-hmm. They struggle with paying a guy who's shown up for them time and time again. They did the same thing with Joe. Love it or hate it, they did the same thing with Joe. He showed up for you like he was the most consistent, at least when it came to showing up in the game, like being there at least, right? He was, he, you know, he played every game. He did what he could with what he had. Now, Lamar has done far more than that, even in, in less time. Right. So, it's time to invest because all like, like I said before, it, it blows my mind that the the words trade Lamar Jackson are even in the same sentence. Because I can guarantee you, I'm not seeing I'm not seeing any Bills fans talking about trading Josh Allen. I'm not right. seeing any Cardinals fans. Talk, well, they might be talking about trading Kyle, Murray, but y'all know what I'm saying. Like <laughs> I I'm not seeing nobody saying, oh well, Jalen Hurts. You know, I don't think we should sign him because the cap hit gonna be too much, and we can't put talent around. I mean, even the Browns sat here and said, you know, we're gonna give this fully guaranteed deal out, but we still gonna find a way to get Deshaun Watson some some weapons. That's just True. that you got to, you got to. So. True. So Megan wants to know what teams aside from New York are in line for Lamar. There is speculation that that keeps going back and forth with the Indianapolis Colts that Jim Ursay is interested in him. Then he wants to go to the draft. Now he's interested in him again. You know, that man plays a lot of games, but you know, he got a little habit. So he don't know what he's saying at the time, but I keep telling y'all do not sleep on my Miami dolphins. Steven Ross is a, I keep telling y'all he's a He's a real gangster. I saw that man in a gangster movie on Netflix. Like that man gets what he wants. So don't sleep on them. Uh, as Yolanda says, ugh, I don't even want to click on this one, but as Yolanda says, the Washington, the Washington commies, and as uh, Brandon and I were talking about in the chat earlier, they now have a seven million seven billion dollar bid in from Brian Davis uh, to buy the team over Magic Johnson and his group. But what I've come through some research is Brian Davis was the former Duke basketball player. And for those of y'all that weren't around alive, he played with Bobby Hurley, Christian Layton, Thomas Hill, Grant Hill. He played in that era, the 91, 92, 92, 93 champion Duke Blue Devils. And I've always wondered when I saw that name out and about, I'm like, it can't be the same guy. Now I'm not one to count another man's money, but to think that Brian Davis has $7 billion. I mean, he might, but from the research that I've done, they spoke about he's been having financial troubles. He's been having shady deal. He's been having bad business ventures throughout the years. Him and Christian Layton have gone into business together. It's failed. Scottie Pippen has sued him over money that he hasn't gotten. So just with that turmoil, I don't know. Now, with Magic Johnson and his group buying the commies, Matt, listen, Magic will go get her. So I, I'd be a little concerned having Magic Johnson by the team. You know, Magic a winner, too. Uh, and, you know, he. I mean, Magic ain't going to come into a sport and not have win first on his mind. I, I really don't – you know, I, I don't think so. Uh, 
I, I know kind of the issues with, with Michael Jordan and, and the Hornets having necessarily like he he didn't come. <laughs> I don't know if he necessarily had that same mindset with the Hornets, but right. I mean, I don't I don't see Magic Johnson coming in and not not wanting to win and not going you know to get what he wants. Facts. And Megan says, look, no way Lamar goes to the fence. And Spawn says, oh no, I'm sorry, wrong comment. Where we at? Dolphins picked up two his options for 20 million. Signing. No Lamar. I don't know. You keep saying that. And the reason that I keep saying it is, you know, y'all keep sleeping on these deals. The more we inch closer to the draft, you do know after the draft is concluded, teams with 2024 and 2025 first round picks can now go into a bidding war for Lamar. The Dolphins can't do it because they were they were they forfeited their first round pick this year. And why did they forfeit their first round pick this year? Because Stephen Ross had Tom Brady on a boat and was like, yo, you come be the quarterback. I will give you part ownership of this team. Now, Lamar is from Florida. They do not believe in tour. So you saying they're picking up his option. Of course, it's a no brainer for them to pick up the option because now the team that they use as a trade package with tour with, they now have an extra year to have tour on the books for $20 million. So now you have a starting caliber, starting caliber quarterback on your roster for only $23 million. Yeah. And I mean, couldn't, couldn't they also, if they wanted to kind of even like sweeten the pot with the Ravens and do like a sign and trade type thing, couldn't, couldn't they send Tua over? And then the Ravens understand that they don't have to pay Tua as much as they would have to pay Lamar just because of what Lamar has done. And the Ravens can do the, the cheap thing that they normally do and not pay their quarterback again. Yes, they picked up Tua's option to use as leverage. Because if I'm trading a quarterback and he has no years left, I lose a little bit of leverage. But if I give you an extra year to deal with him, then that gives you an extra year to get a contract done instead of you having – a season. So now I got a season and another year to actually deal with this player and get a deal done. Or the Ravens could use that extra year and trade him somewhere else and get draft capital. They the teams pick up options for a reason, just like teams do franchise tags and still trade players. Like it's all relative. But I mean, listen, this is all opinion based. It's all opinion based. And I would hate for him to go to the Dolphins with mm. all that talent. If they went if he went to anybody in the AFC, I'd be a little bit Kind of like, are you serious right now? But like, I, I think the Dolphins were hurt because, kind of like you said, all that talent they got the, to put around them. I mean, we saw what Tua could do with the likes of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and those boys. Like, I mean, just imagine what Lamar could do with them. Thanks. And to your point, why, why, you know, why an extra year? Why not get it done ASAP? Well, the reason that they didn't sign Tua to a long-term deal is because they don't believe in him. That's why they picked up his fifth-year option, because if they believed in him, they'd have signed him to a long-term deal. If he was in their future plans to be their starting quarterback, they would have signed Tua to a long-term deal. But they didn't, because they wanted that extra year to try to move him. Now, if they keep him for that fifth year, they cool with it. They'll do something else after that. But for the time being, it just gives them more time to make moves, because if they really believed in Tua as a starter, he would have a long-term contract done by now. And I, I think, too, I think Tua with the right coaching and the right offensive line, I, I, I think Tua has already shown that with the right coaching, he can be very good and very efficient in this league. Um, but, like, a little bit is going to have to be the injury issues that he has and the concussion issues because uh, kind of like people are saying in the comments, you know, like he's had some pretty bad concussions to the point of where you're like, I, I don't know if I really want to put – extra money into this guy knowing like you know concussions i mean one can just be that can be it um but i but i think he's shown potential and i think i think on the right team he, he could be 
really good in the right system. And he, I mean, he might get run like the Drew Brees type type scheme that they ran in New Orleans. A, a guy who has doesn't might not have necessarily the arm strength that everybody else has, but I mean, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer for a reason, and some and, and a lot of that has to do with not only his talent but coaching too. So yes, you you're not, you're not missing anything here, and when you start dealing with these owners and these gyms, it's all a mystery. Like nobody knows, but the thing is I keep him for an extra year for $23 million, which in today's NFL is relatively cheap. So one, I keep a starting caliber quarterback on my roster. Oh no, you good about it. Put the questions. I keep a starting caliber quarterback on my roster for cheap that I can possibly use in a trade because me as an owner, if I just didn't, if I got, if I cut tour today, how am I going to explain that to my season ticket holders? How am I going to explain it to my fan base that I took a 4,000-yard quarterback, uh, 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 almost Pro Bowl if he hadn't got concussions quarterback, and just let him go? A lot of this stuff is optics. We've all said it before. A lot of these owners in the NFL do not believe in winning championships. They just, rem- they just believe in remaining profitable to sell merchandise, sell tickets, and make money. A lot of these moves, because the same question we can ask is, why did Lamar have an MVP season? throwing for 36 touchdowns leading the league and the Ravens didn't invest in wide receivers the year after that. Like nobody really knows. And, and listen, Lamar, listen, and, and like you keep saying, I keep saying y'all keep saying Lamar ain't getting the contract he's asking for. I need somebody to show me proof of what Lamar asked for. Cause everybody, I keep hearing everybody say Lamar, not getting this Lamar, not getting a fully guaranteed contract. Show me where Lamar said, I want a fully guaranteed contract. Show me, just show me where Lamar, show me where Lamar said, that I want a certain amount of money. Oh, another donation, $50 from Living Energy Drink. Appreciate you. It says, thank you for the stream. I appreciate the content. Keep grinding. I appreciate you as well, Living Energy Drink. I don't know if that's Monster or Red Bull. <laughs> I don't know. I like, mean, maybe it's just a living ball of energy. I don't know. Like, like that's, a, that's an interesting name right there. But I mean, yeah. Where does that come I, from? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's they're gonna have to let us know on that one. But I think, I think the thing is too, because kind of like you just said, like what is Lamar asking for? We don't necessarily know. Um, but at the same time, given what Lamar has done, given the amount of money he's brought into the organization, the amount of jobs he saved uh, in in a, in a Super Bowl winning uh, head coach over there in, in in Johnny Harbaugh, like I, I feel like he he's done enough to to give you everything that you need and if you don't want to invest in in the offense isn't Lamar Jackson your guy a guy who's literally a Swiss army knife that does everything you need him to do thanks then all you got I mean because even still if you want to because I know uh EDC and John Harbaugh like our guys right I know that they especially EDC loves picks so wouldn't that be a good opportunity to stockpile some picks and and grab some wide receivers that you truly believe in too uh, you know, draft a couple of sure things that you really, that you really, truly believe in because, you know, EDC's tenure right now is not going into plan and blame who you want to. You can blame Bashadi, you can blame Harbaugh, you can blame the players, whatever you want to do. You can say that they're not talented, but EDC picked them. So uh, it's, it's on him to continue to kind of build his standard and nobody's going to want to hire EDC. If, if they fumble this bag, I don't think nobody's going to want to hire EDC because they're going to be like, how the heck did you have a unanimous MVP winning quarterback and you didn't resign him? I mean, even Carolina resigned Cam when, you know, after he won an MVP or whatever. So it's like, you, ha- you like, this is, now is the time. 
If you mm-hmm. want a Super Bowl, you know, window right now, you sign Lamar, you ain't got many holes on this team. Uh, we, we've seen it before. Like, we, we know the glaring needs. We know offensive line, there's still some some uh, issues within the offensive line. But mainly, like, it's been pass rush, which you've shirt up a little bit more. And then it's been receiver and O-line. Like, you don't have many issues. But, mm-hmm. like I said, I'll never understand best player available because uh, I remember they, they, they did the, the uh, Liars Luncheon or whatever we call it, and he was talking about we don't really have a plan. We're just going to draft the best player available. Mm-hmm. Y'all realize the best player available got Philly, Joel Embiid, Jaleel Okafor, and there's one more that I'm, I'm missing. But they, like, three centers who they had to try to play at the same time because they got them in back-to-back-to-back years. Right. So, like, best player available is great, as long as you're going to use reasoning when you do your best player available drafting, like we're going to end up with another darn running back. We're going to end up with <laughs> another running back or something like that. Right? John Robinson. Facts, facts, facts. All right. So we got a couple more donations. Appreciate you. Got $22 from ghost. It says got that dub deuce. Appreciate you. And also from uh formerly channel three, <laughs> we got that $3.33 cent donation. <laughs> It says for the support channel 10 is coming up. I appreciate y'all for supporting your boy. <laughs> but uh yeah, so what I have, I had something. So just like you know, what we were saying about Lamar Jackson and people saying he's not gonna get the money that he wants, and all the teams putting out these narratives of him being a runner and he can't pass and he can only run a certain scheme, you know. It, it's like that narrative to me is blown, he's proved it with the little bit of weapons that he's had. And I think this stat right here shows it that I uh, pulled up off of Twitter. It says Lamar Jackson, five passing touchdown games, three. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. They have zero. I wonder how many times he was the leading rusher in these games too. Gee, they don't want to talk about that. They're not going to tell you that stat because it's all about keeping him down and, and I don't want to say trying to dull his money. But if you think about it, like, you are a quarterback away, like the New York Jets. I, I understand what they're trying to do with uh, Aaron Rodgers. You're a quarterback away from getting to the playoffs, getting to a Super Bowl. You have Lamar Jackson on board. I don't care, and I don't give a darn about a narrative of I don't want to do the work for the Ravens. You know what I mean? Because everybody's saying, oh, we don't want to do the work for the Ravens, getting this contract out there and having the Ravens match that offer. Now, me as a possible AFC team and a competitor, it's a win-win for me. I I I, I kind of put together a contract with a poison pill inserted in the first three years that the Ravens can't or can barely match. So it's one of two things. I'm either going to get Lamar Jackson or I'm going to handicap the Ravens financially. So now that's one less team in the conference I got to worry about. Yep. So and I, I, don't, I just don't get that. I, I was thinking about it too. Even with like the Colts, like, I, and maybe like maybe it makes no sense. Maybe to me, okay. you know, you know, you know, maybe maybe to me, it literally may like maybe it makes a lot of sense to me. But then in real life, it doesn't make sense. There's a lot of things we do that don't make sense in the actual practice of it. But to me, it makes complete sense. Why wouldn't the Colts offer something astronomical for Lamar? Make the Ravens match it. And then put the Ravens in handcuffs because they had to match it. If if that's what you like, that's what does that's what blows my mind. Why, right? Mm-hmm. Why 
can't the Colts say, you know what? We're going to offer him $260 million, right? $260 million guaranteed. And then the Ravens got to match it or lose Lamar. So it's a lose-lose. Either you match it and you paying him more than you wanted to pay him, let's say, or you don't and you lose him and you got to figure out what the heck we're going to do at quarterback. I mean, just me personally, I'm like Lamar Jackson, Jonathan Taylor. Mm, I mean, Pittman I mean, Jr. Yeah, Pitt, you know, Pittman Jr. Alan Pierce. Yeah, Alan Pierce, that's, that's, that's the guy. And then, I mean, you can always draft another guy, right? If you need a little extra help, you can draft another guy. It's veterans out here who, who fit in when put in the proper roles can be excellent receivers. We, we've seen it time and time again. And like my like my biggest issue with the Ravens, man, is this just like What's up, Zeke? you're right there, you know? You're you're literally right there. This is a team that had Rashad Bateman and Hollywood Brown, two first round, pretty good wide receivers on the same roster. Mm-hmm. Even if you grab a veteran guy who can take eyes off of that guy. Add in Mark Andrews if you draft him for Greg Roman. Add in like Lee and Kolar and these guys. You're literally a couple of pieces away. A couple. You're a couple pieces away. But why blow it up and then have to redo the same thing you had already built, put so many years into building before? It, it, it's because essentially the, the Ravens chose, well, I'm sorry, John Harbaugh chose Greg Roman over his players. Now everybody talks about he him being a players coach, but he doesn't listen to the players. Like his he's tone deaf to that locker room. The players have been telling for years about Steve Saunders. What did he do? This man, this man came in during a pandemic, played around and gave the whole facility COVID. John Harbaugh kept him there. I understand loyalty, but listen, you could be family, you could be whomever that I rock with. If you put people's lives in danger, you got to go. Like, you've got to go. Then, Greg Roman, his offense. If you are a student of, of history in, in, in whatever sport it is that you are, because many of the greats are students of history. If you are a student of history in a sport and you look at Greg Roman's offense, no matter where he has gone, the first year, they always start out red hot. And every year after, damn. So if they couldn't see that and your players are like, listen, Harvey, this offense ain't for us. It's not what we want to run. It's not going to win us any Super Bowls. It's not going to win us any playoff games. Like you're saying, like, listen, you're getting your quarterback hurt. They they talk about Lamar and his injuries, and they specify, oh, the last two seasons he's been out in December. Yes, because the Ravens ran him the months prior unnecessarily, and those hits take tolls. And then at the end, you just get that one wrong hit from that top five offensive line that ain't blocking nobody. And he goes down. So, you know, missing all that. It's it's funny you said that because, you know, the old cliche is winning is the best deodorant, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lamar Jackson has won. Lamar Jackson and these Ravens have won at a high clip, right? Uh, Lamar Jackson has led the league in touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. So his receivers look better than they may be. Lamar Jackson can elude any sort of pressure you throw at him. So his off- offensive line looks better than it may be, right? You're scoring points. Like, this is the same team that scored 30 points over and over. It, like, one game away, I think, from an NFL record. So then in turn, your defense looks better than it may be, right? We forget about some of those 
folding over moments that the defense had. So Lamar Jackson has band-aided a lot of different issues, right? right. That offensive line looks looks I mean, it's probably ranked as a top offensive line. Mm-hmm. But when you watch the eye test, it's not a top offensive line. There's certain holes that, that hurt, right? Uh, also, at the same time, the running game. When Lamar Jackson's in, when Lamar Jackson's not. It's, it's a, there's a difference, right? There, there's a difference. And Lamar Jackson elevates every part of your game. He, The time of possession thing, a lot of that has to do with the fact that you can run the ball in the way that you can. Mm-hmm. That helps the defense out. That means the defense looks better, right? And it's and and that's the other thing too. Like it's hard. That's the thing about it. It's hard. I, I think yes, Greg Roman should have been fired, What's that right? Mean? In like 2020 or whatever it was, right? But at the same time, when you got an offense producing a top running game, right, leading the league in passing here, you know, here like here and there, and in those last couple years, like this year and last year, uh, not. Yeah, this year and last year, you also had top five passing games until Lamar Jackson went out, mm-hmm. right? So when you – kind of like the whole thing with Wink. Wink has a top five defense until he doesn't and there's nobody playing on the defensive end, right? So then you're like, okay, we got to fire him. So it's hard to fire somebody when it looks like everything looks good. Mm-hmm. And Lamar Jackson is, the, is is a lot of the reason for that, Right. Lamar Jackson is a lot of the reason that a lot of this stuff is covered up. And it's like, what? wait a minute, look, that looks a little better. That looks a little better. But for whatever reason, we can't find the money that he wants in, in, you know, in, in, in the pockets. We can't find it in the wallet, right? In the, I mean, it, under the couch, somewhere. It's got, like, the money got to be somewhere. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. But once again, these are professionals. If we as fans can see this, because, you know, a lot of people think fans are stupid and we don't know a lot of stuff. But if we as fans can see this, and I give it to him. You could, you. It, there was no way you could fire Greg Roman in 2020. They just came off a historic season in 2019. I give you that. But once you start to see things aren't clicking and things aren't changing, and then we get to the playoffs and we start seeing the same repetitiveness, somebody's got to go. Um, it's it's just the things that they do to me. And and I know we say defund the defense, but in certain ways they do it on the defense as well, like. I understand. Listen, ever since, what was it, 2013 or 14, when we started having a lot of cornerback issues, they were like, we're never going to get caught up in this again. We had Frank Walker and all them. <sighs> so what they do is they overdraft or they overshift to the cornerback position. But my thing is, what's a cornerback's best friend? A good pass rush. When are we going to get some able pass rushes? Now, I know we tried with OA. But it didn't work. And this is no, Yolanda, don't kill me. This is no shot at OA. They tried. It didn't work. Now, everybody, once again, like we always do, we keep putting our hopes and dreams on rookies and second-year players. Now, because of one game and one sack, everybody think, thinks that Ojabo is the second coming to Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> now, he may be pretty good, but it should not be on a second-year player coming off of injury and Adafe Owe to shoulder the burden of the pass rush on his team. Like yeah. we should have, listen, you went out and signed a safety and free agency. You should have drafted a really good pass rush in the first round. I mean, I know instead of Kyle Hamilton, we like taking these nondescript positions and paying and putting capital into them. And then in games when we're not getting pressure and teams are throwing for 300 yards on us. Well, and not only that, Hendo, the other thing that, that gets me is the Ravens, like, I mean, they try to be like mad scientists or something. 
right? They put everybody out of position. You got left guards playing at right tackle, and then wondering why they can't pass, why, why they can't pass protect, like or why they can't run block. Like it, that's the other issue too. The it Ravens try their best to make everybody right. You're gonna get some guys that's they'll knock out of the park as soon as you get them, right? Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Hamilton is good, but. Fourteenth overall pick, good. Fourteenth overall pick, good, and he's not even—he's not even the true safety that, that you probably need. And they, you know, uh, you know, Chuck Clark, whatever. But like, he's not—he's not even the true safety that you need. You got him playing in the box. He's a sub linebacker at this point. Who like, takes who takes a box safety in the top fifteen of a draft? Don't get it. When when you just got rid of your top receiver and you need a receiver, like hold up, like, let, let me say it this way: you just got rid of your top receiver, and before you got rid of your top receiver, you already needed a receiver. Facts, but you knew a year prior you were getting rid of your top receiver. Yeah. So, want to say thank you to Megan. Appreciate you. She just joined the Patreon. Appreciate that. Listen, if you want to join the Patreon as well, link is in the description. Yeah, Reg chose violence. Link is in the description. Patreon.com forward slash R-O-U-G. Come on in, have some fun. Join my Discord. When I get a chance, Megan, I'll, I'll and get you over to the Discord. Listen, 24-7 conversations. You can request videos. You can request live streams for the moment. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, no, no, it's somebody. No more for you. Uh, you also, Megan, if you are into it, we also have a Pick'em's League. And if you win, you can win a pretty little ring like this right here. This is the Pick'em League champ. Now, if you sign up for the West Baltimore County tier, you get to the fantasy football draft. If you get into that fantasy football draft, you win you one of these. Each one of these. And your face will be here. I didn't just get this. I'm the champion in both. I might have to uh might have to sign up. I only got one spot left, but if more people sign up, I'll open up more spots. But yes, for the ten dollar tier, this your picture, whatever picture you want goes here, and your logo goes on the side. So if you can beat me, try it. I know uh I also, my, my, I had my uh, LBHT plaque around here. So I got so many, I done won so many championships this year. I just got trophies everywhere. I'm, I'm not even going to bother. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail the show over. Uh, what did, they, what, what did uh, Justin P call me last night? Uh, Michael, Michael, Michael Jordan Hendo. <laughs> Michael Jordan Hendo. Michael Jordan Hendo. I, I, that's neither here nor there. You know, it's not a good picture. Um, so that takes me to uh, something that actually surprised me. Something that I was actually pretty, pretty happy about because. Throughout the past, I'll say two years with the Lamar Jackson contract situation, we've sat there and we've watched Lamar play the nice guy, where many other football players would come in and let him know straight off the bat, if I ain't paying, I ain't playing. They would sit out training camps, they would miss practices, they would sit up, they would not come to games. There would be certain disruptions, like taking all of their Ravens paraphernalia off of social media, unfollowing the team, they would do certain things like that. But Lamar Jackson did none of that. He's played the nice guy. He's done. He's been the person he's always been. And this is the one thing that I try to uh, I try to intimate to people is Lamar Jackson is a different kind of cat. Everybody thinks that money is his motivating factor. To me, I don't believe that because if money was his motivating factor, he would get these endorsements because he's turned down Nike. He's turned down a lot of places. And I know uh, what is it? Tom Florio or whomever it is said that if he had an agent, he could get these deals. He's had offers for these deals. He just didn't want to do it. He wants to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. But the one thing that that brought me a little bit of joy was reading that Lamar had a list of demands. He had a list of demands, and uh, it was a uh, it was Joe Lombardi, uh, Mike Lombardi. 
I believe. So, you know, he said, uh, pretty much, basically, Lamar told him that I need the Ravens to get me DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham Jr. and run me my money. And I'm just like, if he really said this, I'm like a proud father. I'm like, yo, I'm so glad that you stood up for yourself. I'm so glad you let them know I'm not going to sit here and, and, and deal with this offensive mediocrity. I'm not going to sit back and be your leading passer, be your leading rusher year in and year out. And then you tell me what I don't deserve for whatever reason that we don't do in the playoffs because you and your coaches take the game plan that we had all season long and you flip it. You do that 180. Whatever we whatever we've done in the regular season to win, we get into the playoffs and do the complete opposite. And that's always been a problem with Greg Roman. So yeah. I'm so glad Lamar came out. I just hope I just hope he just comes out and just tells him, like, look, bro, get me, go get me D Hop. <laughs> run me my coins or trade me tomorrow. Yep. And I think, you know, that's that's dog stuff. You know, that's 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 dog stuff right there. And like Lamar, Lamar Jackson is one of those dudes who, uh, you know, he just want to win, you know, he just want to win. Uh, he, that's more important to him than anything else. It don't matter what game it is. It could be a preseason game. Lamar Jackson want to win. Like that's just, that's just how he is. That's just, that's how he's wired. He's competitive. And this list of the man's continues to show like, Hey, like, yes, I love my guys too, but we could be better. You know, like, because Lamar ain't going to never come out and, and badmouth anybody. That's the thing about it. Lamar ain't going to badmouth James Prochet, right? Lamar yeah. ain't going to badmouth anybody. But he's going to say, you know what? We can be better than this, right? Mm-hmm. We, can, we can be better than what we are right now. And and I, I, I love it, too. I think I think Lamar should be, you know, giving out a list of demands because he's played with less for years and years and years. And we've seen the ascension that a guy like Jalen Hurts can make after you grab a couple weapons for him. We've seen the ascension that Josh Allen can make after you grab a couple weapons for him, right? We've seen even at least the process of what the Cardinals are trying to do by having D-Hop and having A.J. Green and having Zach Ertz. Like, they're trying to get everybody. You know, they're trying to get everybody they can to make Kyler Murray better. So Right. Yeah, we don't, we don't do that here. You know what I mean? And, and it used to infuriate me. Like, a lot of things don't make me mad. It's just simple things that kind of irk me a bit. When people would say, oh, Lamar not calling out his receivers. Lamar not calling out his offensive coordinator because that's not the type of person he is. He's not going to go in the media and be like, yo, these wide receivers are doo-doo. Like, y'all gave me high school wide receiver. I, well, no, I can't even say that because I've seen some high schools hmm. run some pretty sophisticated offenses and, and do some things. But it's just like his job, your job is a leader. You never throw anybody under the bus. You take accountability whether you are wrong or right. Somebody like need to take some notes on that one. Uh, somebody, somebody within the organization need to take some notes on that one. Who? Because on here we name names. We don't speculate. We don't. Yeah. We don't give anonymous around here. We, we you we, know, we uh, I, I, I think, I think, uh, old Johnny Boy Harbaugh got to got to take some notes on that one. Because I, you know, John Harbaugh threw you under the bus in a minute, hmm. right? Us into the bar fans sometimes, right? Uh, and, and like I said, you know, we talked about this when you when you came on the channel too, like. Just stick up for your guys. That's that's all I'm asking, right? That's all I'm asking. Why are you telling somebody we ran the wrong route? Right. Why? Why we 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 prepared in practice? It didn't go. It didn't go as planned. We're gonna be better. I'm good with that. Not. Oh, Demarcus Robinson ran the wrong route. What? 
Lamar Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson got to come out himself and say, "I'm injured. I want to play, but we don't have a brace it up offense." Okay. People want Lamar Jackson to brace it up when he literally is right when he literally is the leading rusher. Mm-hmm. How he gonna brace it up? He can't because I look. I just did a video on uh Stephen recently did a video on Stephen Adams, the center for the Memphis Grizzlies. He got hurt late January. He has the same knee injury, the same PCL injury Lamar Jackson has. This is late January. What month are we in now? We're in the middle of April? Yep. He's still not back. They said he's probably going to miss the entire playoffs. And I bet you they won't say nothing about it. Nobody has said a word. (laughs) But yet still, Lamar Jackson is supposed to put a brace on it, go out there and RG knee himself and end his career. So those same people can come back and say, man, that was stupid. Why would you go out there and play if you weren't ready? So for Lamar, my, my issue with people is with Lamar, it's, it's a lose-lose. If he does this, he's wrong. If he does that, he's wrong. And your boy Harbaugh, listen, I give Harbaugh credit. He's an equal opportunity person. He will throw players under the bus. He will throw coaches under the bus. <laughs> he will sit there and say, listen, Gus Evans only had three carries this game? I ain't know that. You the head coach. You should know. You should know the game plan going into the week. And I've said this before. How do you not know your offensive and defensive game plan going into the week? I know you're a special teams coach, but after a while, listen, I'm a, listen, I can come in as a quality control coach. And if I become a head coach, it is now my job to learn every facet of this team. It is my job now to say, you know what? What's the game plan looking like for this team? Oh, you're going to play it by ear? It's not, it's not what I want to hear. Let me go get somebody else who's going to do it right. And, and I say this too, like, and I, people might not like that I say it the way I say it, but I like that John Harbaugh is a special teams coach. Like, I like that he trusts the offensive coordinator. He trusts the defensive coordinator. But, John, <laughs> jo- what is explain, it? You had to explain that one. He I'm about tried. to. I, I'm about to. I'm I, I like that he's a middle-of-the-road type coach, but you still got to have control over the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator when they're not doing their job to the excellence of what you think it should be. Now, should – should we have a more offensive driven coach? Yes. But if we're going to have a middle of the road special teams guy, special teams shouldn't be the only thing you excel in over 15 years. That's my issue. My issue with John Harbaugh is special teams should not be the only thing that you excel in. I like that he trusts Greg Roman to go do his job and do it well. He trusts Mike McDonald or Wink Martindale to go and do their job and do it well. But when they're not, you still got to hold, hold the accountability. You, st- you still got – and that's my issue with John Harbaugh. He hold accountability for everybody but his guys. It, so my question to you is, is it trust or is it I just don't know what I'm doing and I let them do their thing? Because one thing that really stood out to me was two years ago when we lost to the Dolphins, Brian Flores uncovered that zero blitz, mm-hmm. and we couldn't stop it. And Greg Roman came out and said – yeah, I don't know what the problem was. You know, we go against zero blitz every day in practice, practice going against Wink. So for me, what are you as a head coach doing? Because that wasn't the only time that that wrecked, that, wrecked the game for us. Um, Wink Martindale, him going to zero blitz in, in fourth and 20 situations, getting us beat. You as a head coach should be able to recognize, hey, we're in zero. It's fourth and 27. Why are we not playing zone? I, I think it's the latter. I, I think at first, I think when I, when I honestly, when I truly 
love John Harbaugh at one point in, in his tenure, right? When I truly did like John Harbaugh, I would have said it was it, it was he he just trusts his guys, you know. He he understands the game, but he trusts his guys. You don't make it to this level when I understand the game, right? Right. But now, uh, the more and more I see it, and I see you make the same mistakes over and over again, they call that insanity, right? Mm-hmm. You make the same mistakes over and over again, then I'm like, maybe you just excel in what you excel in, and then everything else, you leave to these other guys, right? You leave mm-hmm. to everybody else. Mistakes mistakes or not, you're going to leave it to them. So I, I think it's the second one, man. I think I, it's crazy. Like, it's just wild to me. I, I it's, it's hard to justify sometimes, I think, and, and like I said, I try to put put a couple of different caps on, right? The fan cap, right? I try to put the GM cap, like, what's, what's the GM? What's the owner thinking, right? Mm-hmm. John Harwell's been successful in the league, right? So you can't fire him, right? Has he? But at the same time, like, he had a stretch of five years where it was like, wait a minute now. But also, they had a bunch of excuses they could, they, they could he could roll through them. Right, I got a couple of excuses that I well, we had the injury season and then Joe got hurt, right? And then but but we paid oh, Joe too much. That's not my fault. It, we paid. Okay, so I'm gonna debunk all that. So for all these people, and listen, everybody has their own opinion. John Harbaugh is not a top five Hall of Fame head coach. Listen, John Harbaugh has had three sectors of his career. He had his first sector where he played with where he coached Hall of Famers. He coached he had three Hall of Famers on the team. You know what I'm saying? So, um, actually, more. They just haven't made it there yet. Um, so what had to happen for us to win that Super Bowl? They had to revolt. People forget there was a mutiny. And they had to go in there and say, look, bro, we ain't playing for you no more. People tend to forget that part about it. People seem to think that he just coached us to a Super Bowl win. Those players said, no, the way you're doing things ain't working. Make a change. And he had to change up his coaching style. So that was the first sector. He got a Super Bowl out of it because his Hall of Fame players led the, led the team to victory. Listen, that team wasn't nothing special. I love the fact that they won, and I'll throw it in my steel, my brother Steelers' face all the time. But that team wasn't nothing special. So now we go to 2013, where they had to pay Joe Flacco, where they could have given Joe Flacco the $2 million more a year that he wanted before and not have to have given him two record-breaking contracts within a three-year period. That could have been it. That could have been avoided. You traded away Anquan Bolden, and he was set to make approximately $5.6 million that year. You know what I'm saying? You take away his only weapon that he trusts because Torrey Smith went to San Francisco. Jacoby Jones, he was on a downslide. So now you have 2013 through 2018, the middle of 2018. This is where you see John Harbaugh coach. This is where you see how he uses his football smarts and runs a team. Because now when you don't have these Hall of Fame type players, what is our record? We go to the we go to the playoffs one time, and that's 2015. And what is the difference between 2015 and all of those other years? We had Gary Kubiak as an offensive coordinator. And Gary Kubiak, and I will say this from now till forever, Gary Kubiak is the first and only offensive coordinator the Ravens have had under John Harbaugh that has taken his, his playbook and designed it around his quarterback. Joe Flacco was not a West Coast quarterback, but yet and still, John Harbaugh and the rest of them wanted to make him fit under that umbrella, and it didn't work. Then they wonder why we get Jim Caldwell in there and we get into the playoffs, and playoff Joe just rolling because he was put in a situation where I'm going to use the plays that work, and the same thing happens now with Lamar. They do the plays that they want to do that they feel like works. So now we get through that phase. We get Lamar Jackson in here, Joe Flacco. They start off four and five. 
Joe, uh, Joe's pretty much on the downslope of his career. John Harbaugh, listen, Bashadi's in the news talking about, yeah, you know, I think it's about time we part ways. It's just this relationship ain't working no more. Insert Lamar Jackson, seven and one down the stretch. And ever since then, Lamar has carried this team to the wins that we have. And we've seen when Lamar is not playing, a la the last two years, Tyler Huntley has how many wins over the last two years? And I think it was 11 games he played, two wins. Like two, yeah. Not to mention, we played a fourth place schedule last season. So that kind of helps in those two wins, if y'all like it or not. So you tell me, what has he done as a coach? And what, one of them ones was like Chicago or something. Denver. <laughs> like, like no, not, one, of, one of them was, was it yeah, Denver. No, he did win it. You know what? It's three wins. He did win that, that Chicago game. It was it was Chicago and Chicago. not last year's Chicago, right? Like it was the yes. year before Chicago. So they won't even and they, I mean, and, not that they were great last year, but they were at a different level than they were the year before. Oh no, they converted they converted fourth down in that one even though we came back to win. But yeah, we lost to Denver without Russell Wilson. I mean, I'm sorry, we beat we beat them by one point. That so you know, all of it's skewed, but he to me, he just he's just not a great head coach. Like he doesn't say, you know what, what you've been doing these first three quarters isn't working. Let's pivot to something else and move on. He just sit back and puts the dumb face on and let his coaches coach us to a loss. Yeah. I, yes. Okay. He has four wins. A <laughs> little, little better. Uh, I, I, I think uh, I, I, I would never say that. John, I don't even know if John Harbaugh is a hall of famer, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, he'll he'll get there because you know he got the, he got the Super Bowl wins all that, right? But I mean, even when you compare guys who kind of came in at the at, at a similar time that he did, a guy like Mike Tomlin, hmm. I would rather have a guy who coaches his guys up like Mike Tomlin does, right? Mike Tomlin will not let his team have a losing season. It don't it don't matter, right? Mike Mike Tomlin could be on his deathbed and he's still gonna be like, we're gonna win this season. Like it's gonna happen. We is not like. No, absolutely not. We is not having a losing season. And sometimes, because <laughs> the funny part is, this year, the Ravens had a chance to give them that. They could have gifted it to them on a silver, like, regardless of how the season went. Like, I, I was I was excited because I'm like, okay, this is the Ravens moment right here right. to get the Steelers that first losing season under Mike Tomlin. And what they do? They, whoa, 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 whoa. They competed. I, they, they competed. That's right. What, I, what I'm not going to let you do is come in here and talk about my $100 million quarter, uh, linebacker giving up the game when the touchdown oh, to a running back. Oh, you know, we're oh, not yeah. going to do that. We're not going to do that. That that, that part. Mm. That, see, yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah, that but, the, but the crazy part is Steelers fans hate Mike Tomlin. And you know who they want as their head coach? John Harbaugh. Let's swap for real. Like let, let's swap. I just, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, it's a fair, it, it's a fair trade. Just tell them it's a fair trade. It's a fair trade. We'll take them. Y'all don't want them. You know what? And and, and Huddle Up says, I don't know. Tomlin won with Hall of Famers, Cowboys guys hasn't won much since like John Harbaugh. This is true. He hasn't, and but he's won more consistently. And my the, the point of what I'm saying to you is. There have been see he's had a winning season with Duck Dodges and and uh Mason Rudolph. He's taken lesser players than one. Now you can say he won with Kyle's guys, but any new head coach takes over anybody else's guys. How many so this is the thing that that kind of sticks in my craw a little bit when people, especially in this situation, when they say Tom won with Kyle's guys. So let me ask you this question, Jason. How many Super Bowls did Kyle win with his guys? One. 
So let's not act like Coward's guys were really special. He won one Super Bowl since he's won with Coward's guys. Why didn't Coward win more Super Bowls with Coward's people? Apparently, he wasn't a good enough coach or they'd have kept him and they'd have won more Super Bowl. So I think Mike Tomlin had a little bit to do with it, just a tiny bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, too, like, it's, it's just like they they do more than compete. Right. Like, I think with the with the most injuries, they compete. We don't. Yes, we use this. Yeah, we we but but we but we we tried, though. We, we, we did try. But like, for whatever reason. Tomlin just galvanizes his guys through the injuries, right? Through that, and I, I think I don't know. There's just something special about Mike Tomlin. I, you know, I, I know, I know he was he was on the field during Jacoby Jones's return. That one, uh, that what, what was it, the playoffs or the Monday night or whatever it was. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but other than that, like I'm cool. With, I'm cool with Tomlin. You know. Now listen, listen. That coach gonna take one for the team. <laughs> he willing to tackle a player with no pads. I mean, that's if that ain't a Baltimore attitude. I don't know what is, but we have another donation. Got another $50 donation from Living Energy Drink. Appreciate you. It says, enjoyable collab. Thank you, gentlemen. No, thank you. Thank you for always supporting the channel, uh, using all that extra sugar you got and hyping us up, giving us that extra energy to continue going. We uh, we appreciate you. <laughs> all right. So also, what's happened in the past week? Darius Slay. He says that he is really good friends with DeAndre Hopkins. They work out together. You know, they talk a lot. And he he hinted that DeAndre Hopkins may be wanting to come to Baltimore. But I did see a video today from one of the former Steelers, the cornerback. I can't remember his name. But he he asked DeAndre, he said, I'm going to list a bunch of teams. And I don't want you to say anything. I just need you to give your body language. And let me know if it's teams that you'll go to. And the two teams that he hinted at that he would like to go to, Buffalo and Kansas City. So the rich get richer. Yeah. So now we can't hope for a DeAndre Hopkins release. It, it's, I like I said, I, I was kind of hoping for the because I, I mean, I, I was hoping for DeAndre Hopkins because I don't, I don't think you can ever have too much talent. Uh, the the I Bengals mean. have proven that. Um, you know, the, the the Bengals have proven that over and over again, right? That's why they keep making these runs because their offense is that good and practically unstoppable if you if you look at it. And they ain't even got a good offensive line yet. So, I mean, I think in Kansas City, like they've shown, you got offensive talent. Hey, and, and I mean, honestly, if you put DeAndre Hopkins in that offense with the rest of the guys they got, uh, you know, and they – I don't I don't know if they'll, they'll draft a guy high at that position too. But, I mean, they, they still – you know, they, they running – kind of within their Super Bowl window, too, because Travis Kelsey, as he gets older, whenever he wants to retire, you know, he can. Uh, but, you know, he's a big part of that, right? He's a big part of their Super Bowl window. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, don't let D-Hop go over there. Listen, Take it, everybody. Listen, I know Joe Burrow said it, and I'm kind of like, eh. But if Patrick Mahomes comes out and says, any year I play is a Super Bowl window, I believe him. Oh, yeah, I, I can see that. Because I, before, I can see that. Before the season started, they traded they traded away my man Reek, and everybody lost their minds. Like, oh, my God, he's losing Tyreek Hill. Him and his speed were the only reason that Patrick Mahomes was good. They went and inserted Kadarius Toney mm-hmm. and Juju Smith-Schuster and a little yeah. bit of Sky Moore and whomever else they could find. Valdez Scantling. Yeah. Valdez Scantling. Oh, and a dude Watson. 
84, Watson. And he came in and did his thing. So yeah. listen, any year that Patrick Mahomes plays, I think is a Super Bowl year for them. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, and I, I know a lot of people feel like Andy Reid is a bigger part of that offense than uh, Eric Bieniemy. Do you think that's going to affect them at all, Eric Bieniemy being in Washington? No. Who is their offensive coordinator now? Matt Nagy. That's right. That's right. Look, he about to get a new he about to get another head coaching job. I doubt that seriously. The damage that he did in, in Chicago. I, I don't know. He might look. Look, I mean, you start you look you start going to AFC Championship games and Super Bowls again. You look, they might be like, what? Because it was Mitch Trubisky. That's what it was. Like, really? 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 Because Eric Bieniemy not getting those opportunities. I mean, but I mean, they they've given guys who've done less uh, than. Right, but, but the thing, but the one negative that Eric Benemy doesn't have is he has not been a head coach and failed miserably at it. That's true. I, I give you that. You so know, I, I, I give you that. And then also, if Kansas City's offense continues to do what they've been doing, it's the system. It's not Nagy. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. I, I still, but the, you know, they still will credit the offensive coordinator, and somehow he'll. I, I think somehow Matt Nagy will find find himself in a job somehow. Yeah, Tanja, they didn't. Yeah, he asked four teams. He asked about four teams. He didn't ask about all the teams. So the Ravens could still be in play. Um, but, you know, everybody always forgets about us. Or maybe they forgot about us for a reason. Maybe we have the inside track and they just throwing smoke screens because you never know what these players. And I do believe, I do believe if Lamar is coming back on a full term deal with Odell Beckham, that DeAndre Hopkins would be intrigued. Mm-hmm. He can come over here, and he's not always going to be the main point, main focal point of the offense. He and, and Odell can share that, and you sprinkle some Bateman in there. Now I don't have I don't have to be a hundred catch receiver every year, yeah. Because you know a lot of people speculated, oh, he's about money, he's about this and that. But you know he put out his tweet. <laughs> Hopkins don't want to raise Nook, so he put yeah. out a tweet about himself, saying he's not about that money. There comes a time because he's listen. DeAndre Hopkins has made a lot of money. He's made a lot of money in the NFL. And for some people, it comes a time where it's like, yo, I have made all the money I need. It's time to chase that ring. Yep. And I do believe. Uh, well, he- and you see the teams he got on his list, you know, teams who are in win now mode teams are who, who their Super Bowl window was wide open. You know, uh, Buffalo was one of them with, with a, a young quarterback. And, you know, like you said before, the Chiefs and Mahomes uh, on any given Sunday, any given year, they 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 gonna be there until somebody knocks them off that, you know, knocks them off the pedestal. So, I mean, yeah, I think the Ravens should be in that, but like the Ravens also, I honestly think the Ravens got to gain a little bit of respect of wide receivers, of offensive players, because they haven't paid those guys, right? They haven't respected those guys. Your last, I mean, your whole what twenty nineteen, I think it was twenty nineteen draft. Is gone, right? Oh, like, yeah. like all, all those offensive players, Hayden Hurst, right? Who I think has shown some potential. Hollywood, who you know, who's shown some potential. We've seen some disgruntled guys. A, a guy like Bateman, you know, who's like, hey, like I'm trying here, but you know, you got Steve Saunders out here messing me up, right? You know, you got Greg Roman out here not truly giving me opportunities. Like, what, what more can you? What more, you know? So. I think the Ravens got to gain some trust within the offensive free agency market and you know, th- those offensive players, because I think the Ravens have shown, hey, you know, that's that's kind of how it is. Yeah, Hurts was 2018. Right. I mean, yeah. 
<sighs> Listen, I just uh, it, it's just that I just believe that you 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 put out uh you're putting out a bad narrative about your organization. I don't care how well run you are, how well respected you are. Me as an offensive player, I'm a second round rookie wide receiver who's had some pretty decent stats. You know, I'm looking for a new team. I like Baltimore. I like what they got going. But then I look and say, hmm, I'm from the area, and I know for a fact that Lamar Jackson is the most dynamic player you've ever had on offense, and you're having a problem paying him. Now, me, I'm a realist. I know my skills are limited. What are you going to pay me? If I come out and ball out for this team, what y'all going to do for me? If you can't pay this man, how am I to trust in you that you're going to pay me? And I think that's the message and the image that they're putting out there. And this is one of the reasons why they had to overpay for Odell Beckham. Because when other teams were offered between five to 10 mil and you give this man 15 million guaranteed, I get, I love it for the fact that it was an offensive player. That's that, that is the only reason I love it. You could have did something and gave that money to DeAndre Hopkins for me. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know what I'm getting from Odell. Why you know, and and another thing is, why not? You know that was, that was kind of the confusing part too about it. Like I I'm, I'm glad I'm glad Odell's a Raven. I, like don't get me wrong, right? I think he'll make an impact. I, I really think he does. Uh, but yeah, I'm sitting here. I, I'm sitting out here thinking like D Hop ain't had nearly the injury issues that a guy like that has had. So why, you know, why why not take that chance on D Hop as opposed to Odell? Or hear me out, take that chance on both of them. Get D Hop first, and then hey Odell, you know. Let me talk to you. You know, Lamar, he said, you know, we, we working on it. And then, you know, Odell and Lamar, I'm sure they talk. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think D-Hop, D-Hop would probably like stamp Lamar's extension. But Odell right now, mm-hmm. I think I think that gives you a little bit more like, okay, you know, it, it could happen. But I, I it's just like I, I can't believe it until it does. You know, I, I, until a notification comes through, confirmed, I see him sitting at the table signing the document. Like that's when I won't believe it. Because I mean, this off season has been ridiculous, draining. Uh, just and and like you know, some of it just some of it has to do with the Ravens too. Like just shut some of this noise down. You know, we are not trading Lamar Jackson, right? We we are working to get a deal done, not just because I know that's the that's the 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 white noise they throw out there, but just like you know, we want Lamar Jackson to be our guy. We gonna get guys around him so he knows that that we invested in the offense now. You know, we've invested in the defense over the past couple of years, and now it's time to say, hey, you know, the, the offense get, get their turn. Okay, okay. Dweezy says the OBJ contract showed how up in the air Lamar's future is in Baltimore. Not necessarily. And like he said, deciding the OBJ kind of gets Lamar's extension signed in invisible ink. Like he signed it, but you can't read it. It's not legible. You know, we, we need something else to kind of get that permanent ink stain down. And I just think that if we were to have Odell and D hop in there, like that would shut a lot of us up. Like what, 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 what more could you say that? I mean, even though they should have signed these players probably three years ago, but <laughs> What more could you say? You got D-Hop on one side, Bateman in the slot, because I know a lot of people want to put Bateman on the bench and put Duvernay in the slot. I don't know what the hell y'all problem is with thinking Devin Duvernay is a starting wide receiver in the NFL because he had a couple of good catches, and we see what happened the rest of the year. He returned back to form. You know, so you – Returning kicks. 
Right. You put a baby, <laughs> and then they're gonna say, Well, he got hurt. What was he doing before he got hurt? He lit it up the first three weeks of the season. Yeah. After that, I ain't hit him from him. So you put Bateman in the slot. You got sometime Andrews running around there, and you got Odell Beckham on the other side. Like, yeah. who would not? And listen, and I'm not even gonna hold you. Even if we got DeAndre Hopkins, Jackson Smith and Jigba, first round. I don't know why Ravens fans feel like we can have too many wide receivers, but we can never have enough cornerbacks. I don't. Yeah. I need somebody in the comment section to tell me how can we always have too many wide receivers but never enough cornerbacks? We got yeah. like thirty-five cornerbacks on the roster, and it's mm-hmm. always we need to get a veteran. But when it comes to the wide receivers, it's oh the young guys need to play. We need to see what they can do. You know? And then you don't need, like the crazy part is like we wanted to let the young guys cook, right? That was the whole thing, and then. It was either when they did, they won't. I mean, they, they was they was cooking up ramen, and then on the other hand, you wouldn't give them opportunities to even show what they could do. We should have known what what Prochet, Duvernay, you know, at least those two guys. We should have known what they were like two years ago. We did. Um, and I, you saw it in practice. You saw it in OTAs. You saw it in training in mini camps. We knew what they were. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why people question, hey, Prochet had seven catches for 74 yards this game, and it was an inactive for the rest of the season because they knew we were playing a Denver, we were playing a Denver defense that left him wide open. Now I love James Prochet. I want that man to look, I want him to come in and be the number four or five wide receiver for the Ravens and stay here the rest of his career. But realistically, he's not that talented. And the one asset that I thought that he had was his hands. And he did nothing last season but drop balls, especially that one in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean that was that was listen, that was a tough catch. Don't get me wrong, but it's something he should have had. So listen, if we get Odell, we get D Hop. What impact do you think this has upon Rashad Bateman and James Prochet? Do you think that this that 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 move and the subsequent move with Hopkins would make them better, or do you think it would make them regress? Because a lot of people seem to think that the more talent you get in a room, the more that you hold somebody else back. Yeah, I I think. I think for both of them, it'll make them better. Um, I think, I think with Prochet, I think Prochet could be pretty decent in the right situation. You got to put him in the right situation. Uh, Bateman, I think Bateman has shown even a, even against top corners that he can be a really good receiver, right? He got to stay on the field, right? He got to get the targets, but he's a yak machine. Probably the best yak guy we've had in, in quite some time. He's he's a yak machine, first down machine. Uh, and I think you put him beside, I mean, even just adding Odell raises his ceiling because we saw last year, we saw in Miami, right? We saw uh, against the Jets. When Bateman is on the field, this offense looks entirely different than when uh, Bateman is off the field. Right. And I think if you add one more guy to that, and that's, that's why I think we've all been saying we won two more so probably two receivers away mm-hmm. to being a really good passing offense. And I think, too, from what I know of Todd Munkin, he's really good at using the guys he has, right? right. If his best receiver is a tight end, that tight end going to get the ball, right? If his best receiver is a wide receiver, like George Pickens, right. he's going to get the ball, right? Like, he ain't going to be like, eh, well, we need to spread it around. And that's been an issue, too. Like, you know, you got somebody with a hot hand not giving them the ball over and over and over again. And I think Todd Munkin is a little bit, you know, more – He's a little better offensively, where I think having Odell, having D Hop, Bateman, 
And then, you know, sprinkle in James Prochet, sprinkle in Duvernay, because those guys in the right roles can make some plays, but they got to be in the right roles. You can't you can't put Demarcus Robinson as a number one and expect him to just go off on everybody unless Eli Apple's guarding him. Right. Like it's just not going to happen. Right. Demarcus Robinson, another guy who I think is not a terrible receiver, but you got to have him in the right spot. You got to put him in the right, you know, in the right position to be successful. And and our offensive coordinator over the last couple of years has not done. Thanks, thanks. What's going on, Sharon? Thank you for stopping by. She says, hello, Hendo. What about wide receiver Mike Evans? I'll take him in a minute. I will take him in a heartbeat. And the thing that, that puts it, listen, D-Hop, Mike Evans, I don't care, either or. But the thing that, that for me, Mike Evans makes most sense to me is because he has an $11 million cap hit, if it's even that much. It may be 9 or $11 million. And this man has had a 1,000-yard season every year he's been in the NFL. Now, I know he's on the wrong side of 30, but that's how the Ravens like to sign him. We like to sign wide receivers 30. But he has not had two ACL injuries. He's not a revision ACL person. So, yes, Mike Evans, I'd love to have Mike. Listen, as long as they go out and get talent at the wide receiver position, I honestly don't care who it is. If they are talented enough to help bring Lamar back to this organization first and foremost, and talented enough to when we need a play to be made, he's going to go out and make that play. Lamar has not had that. That's why we lost to the Titans in 2019. He relied on Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews disappears in the playoffs. Yep. I mean, he's never had a receiver that he can just throw it up, turn his turn around, and he know that man got that ball. He's never had that. If he had Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to get that. DeAndre Hopkins catches everything. Listen, I don't like to talk about another man's hands. Pause, but that man's hands are humongous. It's like Jesus. Pause. But yeah, so yeah. Mike Evans, I'll take him as well. I'll take uh his running buddy. What is it? Godwin? Yeah. I'll take him too. Yeah, I, I think Mike Evans could be good too. Um I you know, the Ravens are due for a couple of sure things on offense, right? They they are due for that because you know, the thing about the draft that sometimes I don't love, is you just taking a shot in the dark. You know, you you don't know what these guys are going to be, right? The highest touted prospect could be a bust, mm-hmm. right? The amount of number one overall picks that end up being bust is is, is crazy when you think about it. Right. But at the same time, like, you know, they got to go for the sure thing this time, right? Like, the guys who they knew were going to be pretty good in the league have shown that they can be pretty good in the league. But – when it comes to wide receiver talent, now it's time to like let's get Mike Evans is a good one. D Hop is a good one. I think in, even still, any of these guys who are first round wide receivers could be good too. Mm-hmm. As long as you know for a fact this guy, like put all your trust into it. Not this a guy I'm gonna make into a project and I'm gonna mold him into a slot scat back receiver guy that can do this half offensive lineman half tight end like no 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 you know like come on like like just get a guy who is that guy that that's that's what i want the ravens to do because it's about freaking time thanks 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 what's going on ll thank you for stopping by yeah so listen you know we we love to talk about how the ravens cannot draft a wide receiver 20 who is it 2021 Yes, last year's draft. 2021. No, 2022. 
is my mind. 2022's draft. The Ravens had six fourth round picks. If you'd have packaged two of those two of those fourth rounders and moved up, moved back three slots, possibly, you had your pick between Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jamison Williams. Mm. There was no way you could have failed on any three of those picks. And we would have killed, we would have killed the narrative the Ravens can't draft wide receivers. But yep. what do we do? We sit there and wait like anybody gonna jump in front of us. Yep. Uh one team traded in front of us. That's cool. Them others not going. Oh, Washington traded that pick too. We'll still sit here and wait and see what happens. Then when it comes to us, we in panic mode, like they took all the wide receivers. And they took Jordan Davis. I guess we just go safety. So, you know, we could have killed that narrative a long, long time ago. So my question to you, offensively, do you believe that the Ravens have done enough to convince Lamar Jackson to come back and be the quarterback of this team, not for just this season, but for the for 2023 and the seasons to come? I think that depends on what they do in a couple of weeks. Um, if they – I know, I know, I know. Everybody wants to grab a corner because we need corners because we keep drafting corners and we could keep putting corners on this long list of corners that we got. But wide receiver is the move in the first round. Uh, when, when, you know, I, I've heard this discussion thrown out there several times on, on, on Twitter and in the spaces and stuff. Would you? A lot of people say they'd rather have the third. They'd rather have the top corner as opposed to the third best wide receiver. I don't, I don't agree. I take the third best, fourth best, maybe even fifth best wide receiver over another corner. Right. Bring Marcus Peters back. Bring Marcus Peters back. Right. You probably can get him on a team-friendly deal. He's getting older, right, if that's what you want to do. Bring him back. You got young guys because you draft them over and over and over again. You got Brandon Stevens, Pepe, and all them. You got all these guys. But I think at the same time, the time – the time is now to prove that you can draft wide receivers. Go grab one of them doggone top wide receivers, man. You know, like that that's the thing. Like, go grab like the first round wide receiver will hammer it home. We are in, all in on the offense because if if you gonna spend all last year mm-hmm. tailoring your draft to a guy you was gonna fire at the end of the year. Why can't you tailor it to a guy you gotta you gonna have to keep for a couple of years in Ty Munkin, right? And a guy that you desperately want to keep because you know this team ain't the same team without him. And Lamar Jackson. Thanks. So you believe in Ty Munkin? I do. I do. I from what I've seen, and you know, some of the film that I've looked at, uh, mainly Coach Evans, right? Like, and, and I know he's a big Munkin guy. Yes. I, I think. I think he does. I think he ex, he's a good offensive coach. Um, I think he knows how to use the guys that he has, but that doesn't mean let's trot him out with the same guys we had last year either. You know, like I think, you know, we've seen kind of how he's made Baker look better, right? We've seen how he's made, you know, I think, James Winston. James Winston. Uh, and, and, you know, and Ryan Fitzpatrick and those guys. Like we've seen, we've seen that. So we've seen what, what he can do as an NFL offensive coordinator. And I think that's the that's the main thing. Like that's 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 what it's gotta be. Cause I mean, even with Duvernay, like 
Duvernay is not that guy. Duvernay is a guy you can come in and run a couple of your gadget plays. You know, if you still want to run that kind of end around and actually give it to him, right? Like, Duvernay is a guy who can do that. You want to run a couple of screens with him to use his speed and stuff like that. Duvernay can do that, but you need one more guy. Because I'm not going to call anybody out in from the chat. They said Duvernay went down because Bateman got hurt. But in my mind, if Bateman got hurt, that should give you more opportunities to catch the ball. That should give you more opportunities in the offense. Somebody else going well, down, next man up. He was the number one, like like according to to the Ravens yeah. block, he was the number one receiver. Uh, you know, after week weeks one through three. Yeah, so. they, they they tried it, they tried it. But for, so for me, so when they hired they hired Munkin, you know, I, I was a little on the fence about it. I'm like, eh, you know, I, I've watched Georgia, I've watched Georgia play, and I've watched them dog walk college football, but. He did have he listen. He did have James Winston go through his five thousand yard season. Like he he's made him look better. Baker Mayfield had his best season with him as well. But the the little bit of optimism that I had with Munkin was was quickly taken away from John Harbaugh. First, when he said, "Yeah, I didn't need to check his tape." My sister <laughs> said he was all good. You what? can't say that type of stuff out loud. <laughs> what? Bro, if you just kept that stuff to yourself, I'd have been okay. But secondly, during that same press conference, he said to me, oh, it don't really matter what's going on. We got the Ravens way of doing things. So you can have a a pass-happy genius, but if the Ravens' way is to run the ball, that's what we're going to do. And I'm about to say something blasphemous, and I don't want y'all coming at me because I know y'all going to be like, are you crazy? You just saying stuff. But I truly believe this. I like J.K. Dobbins, but to me, he's not all that. Because to be to be all that, you have to stay healthy. And if you look at his three-year period, he has average numbers. If you put all of his numbers together and average them up over three years, he's an average running back. Not to say that he can't break out and do things. Yes, he looked pretty good running on one leg last year. But I don't see J.K. as this top five running back that everybody else sees. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, listen, I, I hope that I'm wrong. I don't know. I think I think JK is is, is really good. But do you think I, he's special? I I, I, I was going to use that word, but I was going to refrain. But yeah, I mean, I I I do. I think the issue with JK, kind of like you said, is availability. You know, the best ability is availability, and he ain't really had that. But when when we've seen JK on the field, which I don't know, I can't remember how many times we've seen JK on the field with Lamar. But I think like, and you know. Take that with a grain of salt, right? Because the thing the thing about it is, like, Lamar is going to elevate everybody he plays with. Right. But at the same time, I think I think J.K. has shown that he can be a really good back. <sighs> special. Special. That's the word right there. Is, is J.K. special? First, first of all, Derek, he is a starting running back in the NFL. <laughs> I, think, I think for the offense that we run – I think, I think JK is a, I think JK is a really good back. I don't know if I'd say special, right? Because I don't know if I can put him in the upper echelon of guys, but I don't know if we, have we seen him perform to the level of the upper echelon of guys? Am I protecting myself here? Like, hey, hey DJ, you, you started up here and your <laughs> whole point, what? you was like, yeah, I don't want to call that man special, but I'm going to say he's special. I ain't going to say he's special, but I'm going to say he's really good. I ain't saying he's really good. I'm just saying he can get the job done. See, my see my thing about J.K. Dobbins, is, and this goes back to the uh, 
best player available thing, right? Once again, the 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 best player available thing, we didn't need a running back. And we got one anyway. And I like, I mean, I I like JK. I think JK is a really good back. Um, I think he's shown a lot of flashes. I think he wears 27 for a reason. But but I will say this. I think I don't know. Um, special. Ahead, that's tough. Because do you need do you need a special running back right now either? Like that's my other. Take that paintbrush and, and put yourself in that corner. Go ahead, just keep painting yourself back in that corner, bro. Do you need a special running back? It would help. You don't need it, but it would help. And I guess like I think that's my issue, right? That's that's like my internal struggle. I'm so used to the Ravens' way of run, run, pass pretty much is how they do it, right? Uh, actually, it's run, run, throw the ball before the first down marker and don't get the first down. Thanks. Like, but run fourth down. Yeah, run fourth down. Yeah. But at the same time, like, we, we've seen that, th- that running backs can excel in this offense. It don't really matter who it is. He ain't been in the league five years. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I, I, so- I want I want more I want more resources in the passing game. That's all I want. Okay, that's that's my frustration right now. DJ, you've been dancing for the last five minutes. I ain't yeah. never I ain't never seen you dance before. You've been dancing for the last five minutes. <laughs> but to your point, but to your point of best player available, like because this is the thing that always gets me. It's you know all I hear is BPA BPA Ravens BPA, but to me that's not true, because one in one season they'll say yeah oh, we never draft to fill a need. Then another season, they'll be like, eh, you know, we might go need. But to me, I need somebody to tell me how they thought Patrick Queen was best player available. <laughs> T. Higgins was still on the board. How was how was, how was was he best player available? Or were they drafting to fill a need? And if they were drafting to fill a need, just say that. So that's why I say all this BPA stuff is nonsense. The Ravens do what they want to do when they want to do it. Yeah. They don't go best player available. OA was not the best player available. Yeah, and shouldn't shouldn't best player available be the player that is right for you? Like best player available, like that's like saying, "What well, a best player available if you got the number one pick, right?" Mm-hmm. And the best player available is a quarterback, but you sitting on Justin Fields. Why would you take a quarterback just because he's the best player available? Right. The best player available model should also fit the holes you got in your game. Right. And the Ravens don't do that. Well, that's because, listen, we've been brainwashed as fans. Just like I've been saying all last year, before the draft even started, when we only had pick 14, I said draft Tyler Linderbaum. He is, to me, going to be a 10, 15-year center in the NFL, and he's going to anchor this line down. People kept saying, that's too high to draft the center. That's too high to draft the center. My rebuttal is, if he's the right player for you and he makes your team better, who cares where you drafted him at? You know what I'm saying? What happens if we didn't trade Hollywood and get a 25th pick? You you think 14 is good for a, a box safety, but it's not for a generational talent at center that's going to hold that's going to touch the ball every play. He's going to touch the ball every play of a game. Yep. How many times does that does that safety touch the ball? Mm. Not not nearly as much cuz uh I didn't I didn't see Kyle Hamilton picking Picking uh, footballs like Marcus Williams was. Tori, I've been agreeing with you for most of this time. Kyle Hamilton was not the best player available at 14. 
please do not make me pull up this draft and read off some list of names. At 14, he was not the best. And he darn sure wasn't the best player, best player available for this team. Like, we had other needs and other holes that we needed to fill instead of going safety because we just paid a safety $70 million. And I love Marcus Williams, but he wasn't the best safety out there. But we gave him $70 million and then drafted another safety while we had Chuck Clark on the team who this number 14 overall pick couldn't beat out a seventh-round safety mm. in Geno Stone. Mm. But, you know, I digress. That belief in Geno Stone, boy. I digress. But I mean, but hey, he beat out he beat out a top 15 pick. So all that's all, all I'm saying is he must got some talent. He must got some talent. All right, moving on to this next one. This has been listen, okay. I get listen. There are a lot of listen, Jamarcus, Jamarcus Russell was a top 10 prospect. But was he really a top 10 prospect? You know, a lot of people want to say, oh, we got a top five pick at number 14. What people don't realize is he wasn't a top five pick because Teams didn't draft him in the top five because nobody's going to draft a safety, a safety in 2022 in the NFL, unless he's a generational safety that can cover blitz, do all types of things, support the run. They're not going to take a safety that had two good plays at Florida state and draft them in the top 10 or top 15. I, I expected him to be flying around a little more than he was. Like I, I think, Later on in the year, he started to, but I mean, that's what box safeties do. But I, I mean, I expect him to be everywhere, uh, and I just don't think he, I just don't think he was. Yeah, and like I said, he's not, a, he's not a bad player. That's not what I'm saying. He's not a bad player. I just think he was a bad pick for this team. We are in a Super Bowl window. What help? What would help our team more? A rookie box safety that plays in situational packages, or a wide receiver. That we that we're gonna play 85% of the snaps and it's gonna help Lamar get better. That's my only problem. I don't have a problem with the kid, I don't have a problem with, with the position that he plays. But what team we we knew after 2019, especially after 2020, that we were under a limited window to get to the playoffs. We knew that after that season, it was gonna be a limited window where Lamar's rookie contract was gonna be up. He may want to go elsewhere. Let's maximize what we have and try to advance in the playoffs. And you're going to tell me a box safety was going to be the determining factor that was going to take Lamar and his game to the next level. That's all I'm saying. What's going on? We got lunch break hot take. <laughs> What's up, Jose? Hey, if y'all haven't already, make sure y'all go over to lunch break hot take. Subscribe. Dope, dope comment. They are particularly my favorite YouTubers out here. It's a show that I love watching. All right, so let's get to coming down to the last specific topic, I believe. Yes. So also this week, and this has been a hot topic, your boy Shuggy, Shuggy Bear, you know, he's been on Twitter. He's been getting a little heated about the situation. But, you know, Large Benjamin, you know, he had he spoke about Lamar Jackson. And, you know, you got certain sides that are kind of sort of in their feelings about what's going on. The only issue that I that I personally really have is quarterbacks don't normally speak on other quarterbacks in their games. You know, they don't normally just come out and be like, yeah, teams don't think he can throw. Teams don't think he can, you know, he's not this. Um, and the debate has been, well, you know, you're talking about teams don't fear Lamar from the pocket. They just fear him as a runner. And I just, you know, I think that's kind of one side. We, we've listened to, uh, what is it? The brothers... Brothers Grimm, Carson Palmer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
You know, he said he had to say what he had to say. And, and it may, may be some racial tones there. But personally, if you statistically look at it, and I know some people are going to say we're comparing 19 years to five years. But statistically, if you look at it, mm. Lamar has him beat in every category. Now, I know the mm. sample size is a little bit different. But let me, let, me, let me read this list off to you all. And since Ben wants to talk about being feared. Ben, in, in Ben's a Hall of Fame quarterback, by the way. Hall That's of Fame not, quarterback. Hall of Fame quarterback. He's never thrown more than 36 touchdowns in a season. His career high is 34. Lamar Jackson had 36 touchdown passes in a season with no wide receivers. But I'm, I'm going to read this list off to you of this, this feared gentleman. He has played with Antonio Brown, Santonio Holmes, Hans Ward, Mike Wallace, Plexico Burst, Emmanuel Sanders, Antoine Randall L., Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Smith, Jericho Cotri, and Le'Veon Bell. Those were all of his offensive weapons that he had to play with. But yet and still, he never led the league in touchdowns. He never won an MVP. You know, my thing is, talk about your own business. Speak about your own shop. Keep everything in-house that belongs to you and yours. So you talk about the Steelers all you want. Leave Lamar out the conversation just because you want the clickbait. You want the conversations to start because it's, it's certain holes that can be picked apart in Ben Roethlisberger game as well. So my whole thing is just don't bring him up because I don't want to have to bring Ben up. And then now me and Suge going to have to fight about certain things because he's mad that people are taking shots at his QB. And Yolanda says, Big Ben needs to hush. Of course, of course, of course. Toy says, love the stream. It says, this is a great stream. Love it back and forth. Appreciate it. So if you are new here, Tori, what we do here is we listen. We speak our minds. We debate. But as long as we do it respectfully, I don't have any problem. Because like I said, my thoughts and opinions come from where I come from, the way that I see things. I don't think that I'm right about everything. I just give you how I feel. So, you know, we can have a back and forth banner. You may show me some things that I don't, I've, I haven't seen, vice versa. So, you know, that's what we do here. And if you're new, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You know, it's, it's a, you see that right there? That's the, that's the number. It has not moved since y'all been here. It's not moved since y'all been here. It's 50 people in here right now. I'm still stuck at 1609. So listen, if you're new, even if you've been here before, make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you go over to Flock Nation Speaks and subscribe to my man too. Dope, dope content. So, but how do you how do you feel about this Big Ben Lamar situation? I, it was funny. I'm I'm glad that somebody brought up the numbers uh, with that. You know, because I think I think first off, Lamar Jackson is a trending topic, right? Oh. Like Lamar Jackson is going to get you clicks, right? Say something bad about Lamar Jackson. Oh, you gonna people gonna click on it. So some of it got to do with, because I don't know how old uh, Ben's podcast is. So, like, I don't know if he's trying to, like, get his numbers up by, you know, talking about Lamar Jackson. But, I mean, I just, it could be the kind of Raven Steelers rivalry going at it. But at the same time, like, you know, he don't, you don't, you don't fear him from the pocket. Like, once again, I talked about this before. Why, how are you supposed to throw the ball outside the numbers when you don't have the talent around <laughs> you to go catch the balls outside the numbers, right? Nice. Like, how am I supposed to dice you up from the pocket when I have to move around because I got guys coming off the edge, you know, like like coming after me? Like, I, my bad, right? Because, like, and, and that's the thing about it. Like, you don't fear him from the pocket, but his MVP season was the same as Joe Burrow's season with – what one last game, plenty of uh fourth quarters, uh fourth and third out. quarters off, yep. and with way less talent around him. Like, and 
breaking the rushing record for a QB. That's yeah. that's other that's other times that he's taken away yards even from himself by rushing. So, I mean, I don't I, the whole big man scenario. Like you know, I sometimes I just think it's clickbait at this point because you can't. I mean, everybody's talking about Lamar Jackson, right? And and it's it's like Lamar Jackson is such a topic right now. Even the even the guys on the four letter networks have had to either walk back or like get on the other side of the argument. Oh yeah, Lamar Jackson got this right. Lamar Jackson can do that right. But who has Lamar Jackson had right? Mm-hmm. So I think because of this whole contract dispute, I think that's why Lamar Jackson is talked about as much as he is. But yeah, this is a narrative too, right? right. This is a narrative. This is something that they have been trying their best to throw out there and take Lamar Jackson down with him. But at the same time, Lamar Jackson don't do nothing but keep his head down, work hard, and break every narrative that you see. Can't come back, right? Can't win from the pocket, right? Can't can't do this, can't do that. Uh, you know, like, it, it it doesn't matter. He he dispels every narrative you throw at him, so. Oh, oh what's up? Open mic, little tell Mike. My man, make sure y'all go subscribe. Thank you for dropping by. But but the thing that the thing that the thing that gets me is Big Ben just didn't drop back and pass. Big Ben scrambled around, you know, made plays habit, had people bounce up off of him. It wasn't like he was a straight drop back passer. It's just that in his career, he hasn't rushed for so many yards. Now, if you counted yards laterally, oh, he'd have a lot. But you know, that's the thing that people don't look at. They they hear something and they want to run with it. And like you said, those four-letter networks. And not even them, even YouTube creators, because I, I go through YouTube all day, every day, you know, just to see what people talking about, see what's going on. And when I tell you, there are hundreds of channels that A, don't cover football, B, don't cover the Ravens. They have at least five Lamar Jackson videos on their channels. <laughs> and I'm just looking at it. I just go through that stuff looking like, why do you have all these Lamar Jackson videos? You're not even a Ravens fan, yep. you know, because there- they know he gets he gets views. There's been certain channels like that I have end up I end up watching that only those couple of videos because it's a Lamar Jackson video just to see what they're talking about. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just like that they've been trying trying they've been trying their best to to throw these narratives out about Lamar Jackson and you know trying to just trying to like get in the way of his money. I think you know like like it just it it, it doesn't make sense. You know it it it, it doesn't make sense. And this I mean for a guy who don't badmouth anybody. I don't know how he's in the spotlight like he is, you know, I mean, but I think that appeals to star power too. You know, mm-hmm. this is a guy who, for some reason, people love to hate, uh, even when he don't, even, even when, when he don't deserve it, you know, and that's, that, that's a lot of the time. Like, like I said, I don't, I don't claim to be, I don't claim to be a Ravens expert, but I do feel as if I watch the Ravens more than I watch any other team. Right. And I've, I've watched Lamar Jackson make some throws that seem inaccurate, but Actually, he's throwing it on this shoulder so he can protect his guy, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen Lamar make some some tight window throws. I've seen Lamar play with play with guys who, I mean, like who are these guys? You know, like literally, like, and that's that's the thing about it too. Like, I, I I'll even when I have like discussions with my friends or whatever, I'm like, name me one one Ravens wide receiver right now, and before Odell, because now everybody can name Odell, right? Thanks. And they can't do it. You know, they can't do it. They they cannot name one. You know, like like they might joke and say Deshaun Jackson now or something like that. But like even before that, like they can't name one. Mm-hmm. And like that shows you how good this guy is. Like 
the last two years, he has been top five in rushing and top five in passing. This one, this one guy, like with the talent that he's had around him, should be still fine. over and over and over again has shown you, like, I'm a top five dude. Like, literally mm-hmm. was on MVP trajectory before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. From the pocket, I might add, because <laughs> people. People forget, like, he was literally top five in passing during that stretch of games, that four or five game stretch. And then people caught up to the offense, not Lamar Jackson. People caught up to the offense that's been running the same thing over and over again. Like, people want to blame Lamar Jackson for the Miami game. That was one of the worst called games I've ever seen by Greg Roman. One of the worst called games I've ever seen. He didn't even go to to the quick out route until, like, the third quarter when – I mean, the damage is done. Indeed, indeed. All right. It says, do you agree we still need a young stud wide receiver 22? Most definitely. We can go out and trade for uh, DeAndre Hopkins tomorrow, and I still think we should get a wide receiver at number three. I mean, at 22. Because, once again, Odell is on a one-year deal. Uh, Nuke will probably be here for two years. We need somebody that can grow with whatever quarterback is going to be behind center. Everybody always wants to think about one season. Well, you know, we got all this talent here. We don't need anybody. We still need people to grow. We don't know what, what, what Rashad Bateman is going to do. Rashad Bateman is not happy with this organization. Rashad Bateman is not happy with this coaching staff. And just because he's kept quiet and hasn't said much, he don't like it here. And he don't like the fact that they're not trying to pay Lamar, first and foremost, because in turn, they may not be trying to pay him when it comes time for him to get his money. So, yeah, listen, you keep getting those wide receivers till you get it right. And yep. – Right now, they need to do something because from what I've heard, there are only maybe one or two first-round wide receivers coming up in this draft. So if that's the case, in the second round, there's going to be a run. We don't have a second-round pick. So yeah. if we go corner once again, mm. with all the third and fourth-round corners that we have, what is what is it going to help us? Because then we have to wait till the third round to get a the wide receiver. And we've se- And we've shown as an organization – that we don't make it with third round, third round wide receivers. They just they ain't it. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think too. Like the crazy thing is, the Ravens kind of hit on first round wide receivers. Like the first round wide receivers they've grabbed have been pretty good. Uh, I I don't remember when Tory was drafted, but I mean, Bateman has shown flashes, right? Hollywood was good, regardless of what anybody want to say. Hollywood was good. If you put if you put Hollywood with Bateman, it would have been dangerous. I, I really think it would have. And they would use Hollywood right. Yeah, and if you and and like it would have taken some pressure off Bateman. Bateman might not have even got injured because he wouldn't have had so much pressure on him to be the guy in a in a list of guys who nobody knows. So, I think I think the Ravens could take a really good receiver at twenty two. I agree. I I mean, if they draft a corner, I just don't understand it. Like the defense is fine. You don't understand. Again. First and foremost, they're going to tell you okay, we, I, we pay eighteen million for Odell. We paid eighteen million dollars for Odell Beckham. So we got we got Lamar the wide receiver he wanted. Mm. Why would we not take a corner? We lost Marcus Peters. What are we gonna do? How uh, how about Brandon Stevens? You drafted him in the third round. How about mm. Pepe or Jalen Armour Davis? You got them. You got twenty other ones on around there floating around somewhere that you don't I, give playing time to. If you put because my thing is this, you know, and and I put out a video about this, but like if you put Marcus Peters. Right, mm-hmm. put him alongside, you know, uh, Marlon. Let Marlon do his thing. Let Marcus do his thing. Right, you got good safeties, so you're you're good in terms of if you need the help. 
and you put Pepe out there, you put uh, Jalen Armand Davis and these guys, like r- rotate them out, whatever you got to do. You got enough corners. Wide receiver is still a need, and it's been a need for like four or five, six years. Like you have needed another another guy to increase your offensive output, and for whatever reason, you won't do it. It's just like I, I need I need the Ravens to take this chance. Like I think not only is Lamar banking on the Ravens drafting a first round receiver, but the Ravens fan base is like, hey, last year you literally traded your top guy proceeded to follow it up by not drafting another guy. Now, so, we, get, like, now we get stuck in a draft where we yeah. don't really have too many options to yep. choose from. This, I mean, like, it's, it's, there's a level of distrust there, right? Like, there's a level of, like, along with the contract disputes and all this, like, when it comes to developing wide receivers, drafting wide receivers, mm-hmm. the Ravens have a problem. And they have put us in a position as fans where we're like, Hey, like this, this is not good. Like we need, this is a need that you have. And it's not hard to see that this is a need that's going to completely change our team. All right. Todd just says, do y'all realize Lamar has never been able to have a consistent set of receivers to gain continuity with because there has been a carousel of different receivers the last five years. Yes. And I put that on John Harbaugh because he prioritized uh, Greg Roman over his players but like i said he's supposed to be this player's coach but he took this offensive coordinator that everybody knew was not going to stick around everybody knew even if he stayed this season past 2023 greg Roman was not going to be the offensive coordinator so why are you drafting pieces why are we taking two tight ends in the fourth round one of which who came in injured your boy cola had a sports hernia why are we an injured team drafting injured players but yet and still, say, Lamar, go out there, do your thing. I could have got you, George Pickens, in the second round. But I'm going to take this injured Ajabo and hope he can play this year. You know, I know I just screwed you in the first round by not getting you a wide receiver, even though we traded Hollywood. Second round, I'm going to screw you again. Third round, I'm going to take a D-tackle. I'm not going to get you a wide receiver. I'm going to take a D-tackle. How is all that working out for us? Didn't they take a punter at some point too? Like fourth round, fourth round, we took a punter. We had six, we had six, six fourth round picks. We was was this the year? Was was that the year they took the fullback too? Was that last year too? No, that was the year before last where we took Ben Mason. But that was a John Harbaugh pick. I think so. I think that is another issue that we run into. John Harbaugh has a little too much command and say as far as an, a general manager's job because he has the ability to make picks, make uh, personnel decisions. And that's why I don't blame Eric DaCosta for everything that's going on because he's limited to some of the moves that he can make. He can't sign Lamar. Only Bashadi can, can give him that green light to sign Lamar. So he, he might be scapegoated as far as if Lamar goes and leaves and, and is on another team, he's going to get blamed for it. But I'm pretty sure right now EDC sitting at his table, like starts another week. I'm going to get blamed for something else. Like, I know he wants to get it done. And yeah, Reggie, come up. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you for subscribing. I, I think the other thing is, too, because I think uh, Tondra had mentioned it. Like, you know, uh, Pepe and Jalen Allen Davis and Brandon Stevens aren't necessarily starting corners, but at least the Ravens know how to develop corners. I'm not saying they're great, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, the Ravens know on defense where to put certain people. To, to make them successful. Like, I mean, even with like, and, and I mean, Anthony Averett got a dang on 
freaking <laughs> good contract off of, off of being a, a good uh, <laughs> off of being a good Ravens corner. So mm-hmm. like they they I think they know what they're like. I would rather put more of a sure thing on the offensive side on the wide receiver side where we struggle mm-hmm. as opposed to you can have some pieces that you might not be a little bit sure of or like you need to like fine tune and stuff like that. But the Ravens know how to fine tune defensive players. But when it comes to offensive players, they don't. So why not go ahead and go after the sure thing in the first round? That's what you need to do anyway. They need to, They. I mean, I don't know. They probably need to bring Anthony Ever back since he's a free agent. I mean, he's, he's, I'm not saying that he's necessarily great, but he's better than what you probably got right now. He's but, shown that he, he, he can start in the league for the Ravens, at least for the Ravens. Yeah. But my problem is, you just you just mentioned Jalen Armand Davis, Pepe Williams, uh, Brandon Stevens, but their counterpart is Tylen Wallace, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet. That they are the exact counterparts. They aren't first round picks, but they're expected to be given playing time. They're expected to be out on the field. How can you grow if you can't play? We need to get these wide receivers out there and let them do their thing so they can learn the pro game. But when it comes to these cornerbacks, it's, oh, no, they aren't first-round receivers. They need time to learn a position. Whose fault is it that you took a college running back, turned safety, brought him into the NFL in the third round? You didn't get him in the fifth. You didn't get him in the sixth. You used a third-round pick on a project and wonder why he can't play. First, you put him in safety. Then you move him to corner. Now you don't know what the hell you want to do with him. And that, like you said earlier, that's the thing that the Ravens do. They draft people and play them out of position. Same thing happened with Kamale Correa and Bronson Kafusi and all them. Don't know why we drafted them, but you 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 take these players and then you want them to do something else. Uh, your boy Matt Elam didn't like that pick, but you play them out of position and wonder why they fail in the NFL. And once again, that goes back to coaching. That goes back to player evaluations. Yep. So, you know, that is that. So, you know, we're coming to the end of the show. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go to the free play section. And in this section of the show, the guest gets to pick a topic. You in the chat, you get to pick a topic and we'll speak about it. But I do have a couple of things that I want to discuss. Just a little quick things that I want to talk about. So this is a poll. Red pill, you can become the best QB in the NFL. Or blue pill, you can become the best picture, pitcher in Major League Baseball. Which one do you take? Uh, for me, I'm, I'm going to become the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I, I think, I, I don't know, like the, the adulation that comes with that, right? Like, I mean, I, I, I like baseball, but I think like, I don't know, it's, it's something about football, man. Just like, you know, being the guy be, you know, I mean, now money wise, you know, the best picture might be the best, uh, might, might be the best, uh, issue for that one. But I think, I mean, I would, I would, I would do the best quarterback. Can I, can I, uh, can I, can I be like Brady or something where I can, where I can get like like good weapons and uh, good offensive line and stuff like like the perfect scenario. Do I get to create my scenario too? We don't know. All you do is you just get to you just get to be the best quarterback in the NFL. You Patrick Mahomes right now. I, I can't tell you what weapons you're gonna get, but you Patrick Mahomes right now. And so you taking the red pill? I'm taking I'm taking red absolutely. Okay, and and this is what I wanted to get to because I've seen this. I put this on my community tab and people were talking about it. And yes, one session. It's way more money in baseball. I give you that. But there is, for me, this is just for me, there's way more money in baseball. Just for me, there is no more respect than a starting NFL quarterback. And you're the best NFL quarterback in the league. That money ain't going to be too off between that baseball pitcher. You may get a little bit more now, but as far as endorsements, being the face of the league and everything else goes, I listen. I'd rather go down to history as, as one of the greatest quarterbacks in, in, a, in the NFL 
than one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. Because I don't even know if Major League Baseball is still a sport. <laughs> does it right. still come? Does it still come on? Listen, when I t- I listen, they, and this they still is make a lot of money though. They do. I don't understand how baseball makes so much money because I will lie. I lie to you not. I literally can walk outside my house and find oil tickets being blown down the street. Like who dropped tickets? And I'll pick them up and throw them right back down. I got some baseball. Ugh. Like what these? Like <laughs> what these things? I just just but just for me, I just think that. Uh, Oh no! I got a poll on my uh, community tab. People have commented on it. I just want to see what y'all had to say. But like I said, I just want—I just want the respect. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just think quarterbacks get more respect because they command a team. They command a locker room. Like a quarterback, yeah. a quarterback in the NFL, kind of is the leader of a franchise. You say what you want yeah. about the head coach and everything. That quarterback, Tom Brady, was that dude. And as you can see, like when he went to Tampa Bay, bring him, bring him, bring him. Let's go win the Super Bowl. Uh, one of the hottest pitchers in Major League Baseball. He ain't commanding anything. Because guess what? It is on most NF- on most MLB teams, two great starting pitchers. Back in the day when I actually watched baseball, I used to love the Atlanta Braves. And my favorite, one of my favorite pitchers of all time was Tom Gladden. But they also had Tommy Maddox. True. And they had a... Uh, What's the guy with the beard? John Stoltz, Smoltz, John Smoltz. And then they had the, the relief. I can't remember his name. So, yeah, you could be the best pitcher in baseball, but you, that don't mean that you're the only one on your baseball team. And it's so short-lived, I think, too. Like, I think, I think honestly, you can be the best quarterback and still be looked at as the best quarterback for the entirety of your whole career. Whereas, like, with the, with the baseball thing, like, a lot of times the best pitcher is the best pitcher for three or four years, and that's about it. They kind of fade, you know, fade, fade into obscurity. Yeah, and that Tommy John surgery and all that other stuff. But I just, just for me, you know, you either one, you're gonna, yes, John Smoltz did, he did become, and eventually became a reliever. Um, for me, the money's gonna be there. Like, yes, as a starting pitcher in MLB, you made four hundred and fifty million. As a starting quarterback in the NFL, I made three hundred ninety-seven million. You know, yeah. we're, we're we're both not hurting. It's just for me, I just would love that respect. You you have. You get into a huddle, and it's 10 other guys looking at you to lead them. Like, to me, just it, it ain't nothing better. Nothing better. All right. Um, fun fact that I learned today, and I thought that this was – it was. I was like, ah, should I talk about this? But I just, you know, I just like giving out facts and, and, and information. So what I learned today was, did you know hockey was invented by black people? Oh wow, and, and don't many of them watch it. Sorry. I just, I just I what? Hockey really? was hockey was invented by black people in eight in the 1890s wow. in, in Nova Scotia. Wow. Ain't that a ain't that a trick? I, I would love to see the demographics on people who watch it because I'm sure it's flipped now, but it's just like I don't uh, just that's crazy. That's wild. Damn that's Eva wild. Lamar, back up. Right, like, what's up, Engraving? Thank you for stopping by. Like, right, who would have thought? Hockey wow. of all sports. When they, when they, when they spoke about that, I was like, "Nah, I was, I, I was, I was laying on the couch. I'm like, I'm sleeping." They didn't say that, but they were like, "No, a group of black guys in Nova Scotia." And um, they what did they say? The correlation was uh, some other stuff. The Rock's father is from Nova Scotia, and yeah. wrestling wow. was really heavy up there at the um back then and. A lot of listen. A lot of things came from Canada, 
that that we didn't know about. Just some, yeah. some weird That's stuff. Wild. That is crazy. And yeah. and another weird story I heard today. I don't know how recent this story is. Bear with me. This one is, is pretty wild. So uh I can't remember the name of the show, but I know it's Cameron and Mace. They do it, they do a sports show together. Uh-huh. And when I tell you, every time I see it, all they're doing is laughing. So all I heard today was um a story about Charles Barkley. And it involved soap. So Charles Barkley said they need to make soap bigger because it sometimes almost gets lost in certain places. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, is he saying it shouldn't like dissolve as you use no, it? No, 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 no. He just said when he's washing certain places, it almost slips up into crevices, so they need to make soap bigger. And Oh no. So, so 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 the conversation so the conversation between the two was the first conversation was why are you not using liquid soap? <laughs> you know what I mean? People use body wash nowadays in liquid soap. But the second conversation was Charles Barkley, you're black. Why aren't you using a washcloth? Why are you rubbing That's soap true. on your naked body? That is <laughs> what that is true. Yeah, I I didn't even put the correlation that that means he doesn't use a washcloth uh, or a rag, as they say. Like what? <laughs> what? That is. But I might, mean, he, he might should have kept that to himself. True, but I mean, if you think about it in today's climate, if you are well, I, listen, I was in the military, so it's it's certain people I've room with that I know for a fact either they use the washcloth with no soap or they use the soap with no washcloth. They never use the two in conjunction. Yes, hot mess. But in this climate today, even as a family, how is it that you and your whole family share the same bar of soap and everybody's got it going in nooks and crannies? This is mm. disgusting. That is, yeah. So look, soap ain't that clean. <laughs> right. You got to clean all soap too. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Uh, I appreciate you shot by. All right, you know what? That's enough of this. Um, anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? Real quick, just just want to ask this for everybody. What's what's something that you love that a lot of people think is weird? Or like it might just be in a minority. It could be a sport, it could be a show, it could be a food, it might be a food combination. Man, how much time we got, bro? First of all, <laughs> as you can as you, if you if you watch, Brody makes fun of me because I'm vegan. Friday makes fun of me because I love the show Charmed. Like Charmed is a joint. I might have to watch that when we get off here. Um, it was a lot of little, a lot of little. <laughs> I, I, I don't like. Listen, I don't care. I love that show. If you ever watch it, I'm telling you, the love between Phoebe and Cole, like that, it just grips the heart. And I ain't even an emotional type individual, bro. Like I felt that she was in love with a demon and had to let him go because he was a demon. But she still loved him. Like I felt that pain in her heart. Like it's real. Yes, Brandon. But that wasn't the reason why I loved the show. Because she was just because of her. I mean, that helped. But that wasn't the reason why I liked it though. But yeah, you know, it's just a storyline in it all from beginning to end. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, if y'all got something, let them let them know. Like some some stuff that you normally wouldn't tell people or wouldn't admit to. Yeah, I I think for me it's uh I'm a real big 
uh, sappy reality TV show person. Like I love like uh, Love is Blind is one of them. Like I love them little love shows. Uh, love is Blind, Are You the One? All them little little sappy little love shows. I don't know what it is. I just I connect with them. I just I I, I love to watch them. I don't know if it's the drama up in them. I don't know if it's kind of that soap opery aspect this guy. I don't know what it is because you know uh, Grandma used to turn on the soap operas and oh, you, you couldn't look you you would you didn't want to watch it but you was hooked on it. <laughs> so, so that's how I went. Thanks. Oh no, not I see dead people. Come on, <laughs> listen. Don't play because I see them all the time. Like if I'm looking somewhere out the corner of my eye, I see them moving around. I don't know if they trying to scare me or they just want to talk or maybe they listen. I know I you know what? Living rent free. Nah, they I'm watching charm, they want to watch it too. <laughs> I ain't mad at it. I'm like, if you want they you want to come sit on the couch, let's go. Or what am I re-watching now? I'm re-watching uh Supernatural from the beginning. Mm. Dope show. Me and my, my daughter loves that show. I'm gonna check it out. Listen, supernatural. You said that's cataracts, yeah, Daniel. <laughs> I ain't even gonna hold you. I do have cataracts, though. I'm an old man, so I'm. That, this is why I'm unapologetically me, and I have no problem sharing my life or any of my quirks with you all. I'm an old man. I don't care. <laughs> my my years of caring about judgment are over. But the reality TV. Listen, I used to watch all the reality TV stuff, but at the while, it just got to it got to be too much. Too much. Listen, listen, Spawn. This is most men in America. Yeah. <laughs> we still watch cartoons. Like, listen, with my granddaughter. So my granddaughter, when she comes over, luckily she didn't come over this weekend. Oh, um, we watch we watch all day Encanto, Moana, and Frozen. We watch those shows so much when she's not here, I watch it by myself. I thought she was going to say you'd be singing the songs. Oh, no. Like, sometimes if you catch me, I'll just be sitting back there. You're welcome. <laughs> and I'll be like, what? Huh? Like, that's how I'm like, I ain't afraid. And Canto, is that you? Is you Bruh, still on? Listen. Listen. And Canto is our joint. The song with the, with the strong sister. Uh, <laughs> that's me and her joint. Like, whenever the song comes on, she looks at me and I look at her and we get busy. <laughs> And I can't even sing, but we get busy on that song. <laughs> Under the surface, listen. Sometimes when I don't feel like watching it, I go on YouTube and just watch the, watch the video of it. I don't care. It, it is funny though when you uh, it's funny when you can't sing and everything every every note sound on point in the shower, or if you can't sing and as long as you got the music playing, you can hit every note. I don't I don't understand it. I don't know if it's like the background singing in you, but. It, it, you be hitting them notes, oh, word. but then you turn the music off. It'd be bad. It'd be, you have to be like, all right, all right, we gotta stop. Sir, yeah. I'm an I'm an acoustic realist. I don't care what's on the music, the song, background singers. I know I sound off. <laughs> I, I but I don't care. Like, what does that be self conscious about? I can't sing. I wasn't given that ability. So what is that supposed to stop me? He said you'd be harmonized like both. <laughs> Nobody harmonizes like them. And speaking of, we got that top 30 duo and group countdown coming up on electric relaxation. I think we might start recording that on tomorrow. 
No, Tuesday. Tuesday. Mm. Oh, well. Listen, we still got 43 people in here rocking out with us. I appreciate you all. My man, DJ, let the people know what you got going on and where they can find you. But all of your information is already in the description below, so you can go down there. Make sure you follow my guy. I, I appreciate it. First off, just to just the invite. It's always fun. I've, I've been trying to get over here for a minute, you know. We're not even going to tell your story. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, but you can all you can find me on Fly Nation Speaks uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, you listen to your podcast or you watch your podcast or so Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Um, I'm actually starting a, a new schedule this week, uh, Thursday, Thursday at 8 o'clock. Uh, Thursday at eight o'clock is be would be my uh, live day. So uh, if you want to come by, tune in. Be sure. Uh, I, I appreciate everybody who who is here. Not only because it's been a good good discussion, but everybody, you know, the people in the comments and you know, Hindo of course. Uh, but every, everywhere, you know, every everywhere you watch a podcast, if you got Hindos on repeat, then you know we can just add mine underneath there. You know, I, I, I'll be there. You know, I, wherever you find Hindos podcast, you can find mine. I think. I think yes. now. No, think. you you can. I looked you up. We we all we all in the same spaces. You mean audio form everywhere. All of them. All of them. And once again, I appreciate you for coming on and hanging out with me. Whew, for two hours over two. Bro, I didn't mean to keep you this long. I then got I, hungry over here. Look, gotta gotta have a second dinner. Yeah, I heard it. I ain't gonna say them. I heard it come through. I'm like, oh, I'm keeping this dude too long. I honestly thought we was gonna do a tight 45, maybe an hour 15. I did like not that. know that it was going to be this long, but I appreciate you dropping by. Um, I think maybe I, I might. I think I'm back. Maybe for Sunday Sunday evening streams, I might be back because you know we do the Saturday night thing, and I'm like uh, Saturday night, Sunday night. This might be a bit too much. You know, I want to enjoy some of my weekend, but I think I think that this is the time when things start to ramp up. We're like ten days away from the NFL draft, so you know things are going to pick up. So. Every Sunday evening, might be back here seven, eight, nine o'clock. I haven't really decided yet. Um, you seem a little too excited. I said maybe. So y'all don't understand the words maybe and possibly. Like that that seems to escape you all. You hear what you want to hear. But yeah, oh yeah, listen, my man, you got that down south charm. Like we out here chilling. But yes, I do appreciate y'all coming by. Remember, always think for yourself. Formulate your own opinions. Never give in to conformity. Trust your eyes. Trust your eyes. Trust your eyes, not your ears. Some of what you see and none of what you heard. But most importantly, be somebody important. Be yourself. And we out.